This is Jordan Grace, and you're listening to the Social Suplex Podcast Network. BWB, this is One Nation Radio. You better get it right. Rich Ladder, James Boyd came to give him life. The Blackest Wrestling Podcast has come to kick all ass and drop it six feet if they kick it trash. Word, let me welcome y'all to something different. And if you dig it, man, you should let some friends listen. We be getting it in this on the regular, dude. Ravish and flow, but this shit rule. See, James don't rap, so I had to break it down. The whole network, man, we coming for the crown. Raps in the columns, I keep them both covered Making the beats too, so the listeners can bump it Hit us with the rating, yeah, I'm saying it's a five Before you hit it, talk, bob your head side to side It's One Nation Radio, and this is the beginning It's Rich, and I'm here with James It's time to listen to One Nation The power of the this is Mike Sempervivi from WrestlingObserver.com. Check me out on Wrestling Observer Live every day. And also check out your boys, Rich and James, on One Nation Radio. Uh, this is Kenny Omega. We're listening to One Nation Radio. Check it out, guys. These guys know what's up. Big Kenny Omega fans. That's all it counts to me. Goodbye and good night. Hey. Hey, folks. Welcome to One Nation Radio. I'm James Boyd. And here with me, I have Rich Lotto. What's going on, man? Man. Feeling great, man. Um, had some news actually uh, get out on the timeline today. And I saw. I, I saw. I, I didn't, Do you I care didn't to tell to the people? Uh, so I kind of been hinting it around on it. Um, if you guys are um, podcast listeners only here, uh, sometimes you know during the streams we'll have after shows or you know right before the show I'll play some songs or just you know start running my mouth whatever. Um, but. Uh, the AEW Fight Forever video game, I will have a part in it. Um, I will be, I have a song that is uh, produced for Swerve Strickland and Montese. It's called Go Team Go. It was on their last album, Tears. And um, I produced that song and it's going to be picked up by the video game. So, shouts out to Mikey Ruckus. Um, and that, that whole thing is crazy to, to think about because uh, I'm someone that has, uh, really gotten into the like the the retro gaming and like hooking up everything yeah. on the roms and one thing about the um the older games when you play them it's like you hear the soundtracks on there and then yep. those soundtracks like kind of transport you back in, in the time when it came out and mm-hmm. like it's just there forever and then with this the aw video game like you know regardless of what anyone wants to say about it as far as like you know whether it looks good or whatever like i'm looking forward to it a ton i play all the wrestling games um that have come out over time so um very very excited about it on that end but uh i'm gonna have a song in that like something i worked hard on and it's gonna be in there forever like when people are modding this shit ramen this shit you know 25 years from now music's gonna be on there and um that's that's i'm really happy about that really excited about it um i have all the uh the sounds all lined up ready to go i'm gonna do a behind the beat video for it i'm gonna put it out closer when the game comes out so i can seo it right make sure all the traffic gets on it correctly you know, thinking man you know um but yeah that's it's gonna be really tight uh I, and that's like you know that's nuts like to hear about because i remember um when the first like uh, when that Britt Baker and um, Tony Schiavone thing came out and I heard like the kick in the 808 of like the beat that I made, I, but it was like way underneath and no one hear it. And I was like, oh, shit, it's really in there because like I knew I've known about this for months and I 
you know, obviously I didn't say anything until now. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I was like, man, it's really there. And, you know, you just don't want to jinx it. Like something goes <laughs> wrong. Oh, yeah, we're pulling the song. Blah, blah, blah. Like, so um, now the, that it's. You know, it's funny. Well, I'm going to let you get your point. Like, think of all the near, the, the, the near, you know, almost come ups we've had over the years. But uh, yeah. go, go ahead and continue, Rich. <laughs> Yeah, but I'm um, very excited to be on, on the soundtrack. Uh, you guys will be able to uh, hear that and just stream the song, and uh, it'll it'll the song will get another life. I'll get a little you know a little taste on it. You know, residuals hopefully will be nice on there with the uh, game, very a very anticipated game. So uh, got a feeling it's going to sell pretty well, uh, regardless. So um, yeah, I don't like I the store i think i heard something like with the soundtrack it was like kenny and mikey ruckus were like you know why don't we reach out to the the circles that are you know that that were close by like you know the the artists that are kind of affiliated with aw people on the roster that do music and uh you know there's gonna be there's a couple other people i believe righteous reg has a song on there um that of his at uh grab city i'm cool with uh work with on the aw album he's gonna be on there as well so um, I don't know all the songs and all the people that are on there yet, but uh, the news is out that I am so very happy. Yeah, yeah and shout out to shout out to Rich because like we, you know, we we ran into them after Revolution Orlando, him and Will, and we we talked for a little bit, and that was fun times. But uh, I don't think we ever talked about it on air. But yeah, man, um, yeah, we we kind of just... chilled out people. That's cool. Yeah, we kind of just show the grassy guys. Uh, minus Phil, Phil wasn't there. Um, no, he wasn't. Was he? But I uh, look forward to one day meeting Phil and all that. So I have to uh, pick up the phone and try to you know get some uh, some cross pollution going on. So yeah. <laughs> uh, shouts like, out to those guys. Yeah, it, uh, thinking about that kind of parts of the conversation is like interesting to think of like how like news creation is made. Like when people think like these people have no journalistic integrity. It's like mm, talk with. Just meet Will for like five minutes and see how, and see if that shit, if you think these people are, are full of shit if, if you think so like no nah, right. man like uh, they talk about all the things some of the hoops and like uh, like things they have to put together to to actually figure it out and then like they go back to people and be like hey I I think I saw for X and you're like damn it you got me <laughs> <laughs> so so yeah shout out to him yep so uh, yeah man if I so I know, I know you don't play anymore, but um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I haven't, yeah. I think the last system I had was a PS2. Yeah, is it, I mean, I just uh, I waste too much time on this to also t- waste it on that. And I don't mean wasting a bad way. Just like you know, you devote the amount of time you got to X, Y, or Z. And like for me, um, it was just like you know, like damn, man, these games, these systems, these consoles now going for like six hundred. And like these they games are like man. sixty, and like you don't get the whole game. It's DLC. <laughs> you buy the like, like you put a down payment on the game to eventually get the more of the game. I'm like, hey man, like if I, you know, if I run into you, obviously I'm over at your house. I'm over at uh, Marcus's. I might run to care, man. But that's about it. That's about it. Um, I will say this though, like watching like a playthrough for uh, the Spider-Man video game that came out a couple years ago. I was like, I might, I might just have to. <laughs> <laughs> I just go ahead and do the damn thing, but um, you know, I waited, I, mean, I, I waited that one out, and like that game's coming up on on a uh, PC, so like, I, you know, when I get my new uh deal, I might go ahead and go ahead and do that. But yeah, um, yeah. I was awfully tipped. That Spider Man game was just watching. It was like, I wish I could play this shit so bad. 
okay. Yeah, so, but uh, yeah, man, uh, congratulations, Rich. Yeah, man, appreciate it. Um, but yeah, make sure y'all run it up. Go team, go. Um, but you know, moving forward, um, we did just come off the ten year uh, anniversary show. Got yep. um a lot, of, had a lot of fun doing that. Um, that was very dope last week. We did have the rap live thing, but we're gonna push that back. Um, one more week yeah. at least. Um, but it's coming. If you guys didn't hear the first one, check it out. I believe it's like February 2020 or so. Um, high comedy. Um, but we, we have to do great research to find good lies. So, um, yeah. Um, but as far as, you know, the wrestling goes, um, there was an announcement today via the ringer. Um, and, you know, ringer and WWE are tied in. Yep. Um, they dropped this um, news about war games and Survivor Series. Survivor Series is now known as Survivor Series War Games, and they're going to be. Doing- oh, it, I didn't know that. Okay. Yes, um, and it is two war games matches happening. Uh, there's going to be a men's match, a women's match. No word if it's going to be exactly like the NXT matches or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, no one knows about the top on the ring or anything like that. I don't. I, I assume they're just going to you know import the NXT version. Um, for for this one here and it's going to be in boston um they are yeah go ahead quick question do you think that's like a make good for what happened to them for i think they're they were supposed to have SummerSlam there like before the pandemic and they never got back to it i think Ooh, that could be all right just a thought whatever continue sorry um, but yeah, every, everyone today was kind of, um, you know, hearing the news about this and, uh, they were wondering about war games with no blood and obviously, you know, the, the blood and guts, uh, stuff is, you know, they've, they've done two of those in AW, uh, really kind of captured the, the, the traditional essence, I'd say of war games. Mm-hmm. Um, if you listen to Josh Smith, to NXT, uh, definitely. Yeah. If you listen to Josh Smith note from keeping a strong style. There's never been a good one. There's never been a good one since like '92, which is like uh, okay, man. Like um, I, I don't, I don't, I don't love. These, I don't. I don't, love I don't think he like means good. I, I don't think he means good. I think he means just doesn't capture the essence, like of, of what makes war games great. Well, yes. I don't want to put words in the giant's mouth, but that's the gist of it. Is like he hasn't like loved any of these since '92. Right. Um. They've got. Uh, with Survivor Series, you know, this is the perfect place to put it. Yep. Um, it's funny they have Cody back in the company now, so <laughs> eventually he's going to get to step in two cages at some point. Um, but yeah, um, Triple H was in the media today, um, being quoted all throughout that article, which has funny at best history in it. Um, as you know, how the, those things get written, but um, yeah, it's, they're, they're you know. They're press guides uh, or whatever. Yeah. So um, they, uh, <laughs> they, um, I don't know, man. Uh, I, I think people are a lot more excited than me about this. I'm like, all right, this war games. It's like, yeah, for me, it's like, cool. Like NXT, generally speaking, like aside for, except for like, I think the second woman's war games that I've seen, I don't think they ever had a bad one. So cool. Um, but is, you know, you know what's going to happen, Rich? be the same thing with like all of these like war games and blood and guts of uh, the last let's you know let's say five years or whatever uh, where it's like they're gonna go they're probably too long yeah. and they don't like adjust for the part where it's like literally nobody can nothing's in the hanging in the balance until the final people get in or the final person gets in 
And I think that's the general flaw of the storytelling of the thing. Like, you got to make it to, I feel like it, it adds to more drama if you tell the story of, you, not everybody has to get in for this thing to end. Mm-hmm. Even though, like, in your mind, you know that that shouldn't happen. It should still be the thing. It's kind of like, you know, like, even with the Jericho Blood and Gus thing in the last two years, where it's like, they put the cage, put the top on the cage, and then somehow, every fucking time, they still end up outside the goddamn cage. Like, that's not supposed to happen. You're killing the gimmick by doing it in theory, but it's like, whatever. Like, but for me, it's just like, just, they're, they're going to, I think they're going to be great or whatever else. The level of great and how much you like, like them and love them, they'll, they'll vary. Um, obviously, like, I, I think people are talking about there's been overkill. Like, we've seen, you know, at least two takeovers ahead, two a women's and a men's. Like, the only, the way to change it to where it doesn't feel like overkill is you make the matches feel different. You tell a different story inside the match. Um, like, you know, for example, the first Women's War Games had the story where it was literally Candace and, uh, and Rhea versus the Four Heels, and they end up still triumphing um, on the way to building towards Rhea winning the Women's title. Um, then they just had a standard throw everything at the wall NXT takeover War Games. They, you know, they do a million things. It turns to a, st- they bring weapons in and kill each other, all types of shit. And, like, that's kind of, that's how you tell the different story. Like, um, the two K the two cage match show the stardom just did. They had one v one and they basically you know one person almost got murdered inside the ring and then the other one was like just a spot fest. Like all you have to, to make it not feel like overkill. You just tell different stories in, uh, between whatever you're going to tell and it'll be okay. I got a so I got a feeling um, that one of the stories are going to tell is the baby face is having the advantage because they always seem to do it. Yeah, they do, um, do that. somehow. They do do and it's usually in, always in, in, the in women. NXT. You yeah. know what? And to be honest. It, it technically didn't happen in War Games this year, but it basically worked out that way for this year's War... Uh, uh, not War Games, but Blood and Guts. Blood and Guts, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. like, BCC, just, they just whooping all their ass. Yeah, it's fucking, they, like, yeah. They, they fucked them they, up. They, <laughs> they, <laughs> they executed they, them. I was like, bro, I was like, they got the advantage, but the nigga running in don't want to get in, and he's, like, scared running. I'm like, look, man. Like, y'all, like, this shit was, like, too much, bro. <laughs> OP. But, um, uh, this I don't know, James. This is just the the latest example example of, of why WCW won. And um, let's you hear. Know, it. And, I heard like, you say this earlier, and then you say you were gonna come up with you're gonna uh, el- further elaborate. And uh, so I, I didn't check in, check in on whatever you had up your no. sleeve, but uh, let's hear it. Yeah, what man. M- much in the way Bomani Jones uh, likes to say, the South won. You know. Uh, I like to say WCW won, you know, mm-hmm. and, and these things, you know, some of them are, are funny things. Some of them are actual things that have happened. Um, but let's, let's just take a look at the list. Like, you know, uh, when you think about all the ideas that modern pro wrestling implements, a lot of them come from WCW. That's um, true. Think about, think about war games, you mm-hmm. know, war games, the announcement of this had people going crazy despite Elimination Chamber being around for 20 years are already and yep. no one ever really loving it like that. Um, and now except for like the first one, oddly. Yeah, right. And now it's like replacing the Survivor Series format that it kind of like was invented to fuck with. Right. Um, remember, remember 2014, uh, early 2014, everybody wanted like a War Games version of Elimination Chamber between the Wyatt's and the Shield. You remember that? Yep. Yeah. Never Ten did years it. of One Nation Radio. That was that was that was a topic of conversation at the time. And man, you think about it, that match would have been killer. That match would be killer. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So 
uh, more more YWCW one. You know, uh, tell me if you heard this before. You know, a never ending title reign for a heel that rarely wrestles. <laughs> that's a part of a unit that overruns the promotion. You know, uh, yeah, you know, it, it's it's vaguely it's vaguely similar. Um, you know, I, I, I mean, same I, I think I, here. I, I think it stops once you get to the bell ringing. But 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 sure. You know, just overrun the promotion. No <laughs> opponents, heels. Uh, c- company swears that's the only way that they can survive. No, no, no. Um, Ro- a Hollywood Roman. Yeah. Hollywood Roman. Uh, Three-hour shows, James. Where did three-hour shows begin? WCW yeah. Nitro. <laughs> Raw yeah. has been three hours for ten years now. Uh, the junior heavyweight style wrestling. That got popularized in America in WCW has mm-hmm. taken over as the predominant kind of wrestling style that you know I I enjoy the most. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's definitely the most influential around the world. Yep, uh, the United States Championship itself just just still alive today. You know, for from WCW. Yep, um, AEW. They didn't keep the TV title though. They did not keep the TV title, but um, the TV titles look like the trios titles. AW, of yeah. course, being on TNT no, 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 and the, the TBS. TV, so the TV titles, I mean, the TV title, I mean, that's that's kind of the TV. It's kind of a TNT title now at this point, but yeah. Yeah, so TNT and TBS being the home of AW, mm-hmm. of course, the resurrection. Um, every single pay-per-view being brought back in NXT and all of them popping numbers, James. Great American Bash. Halloween Havoc, mm-hmm. War Games itself <laughs> was War Games a uh, was that a takeover? Or was that actually just a what they put on on Wednesday or Tuesday? That, that was a uh, that was a, a takeover originally. Um, right, 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 right. Okay, I, I get you. Mean, I get you. Mean, I get you. Mean. Uh, okay, okay. Like, think about mean. it. No, nobody's getting excited for backlash if that comes back or insurrection nah. or something nah. like that. Nah, all this, like, all this only to tell me is WWE has no culture. If I wouldn't go that far because like there are things they could pull out of the bag and still be like oh I, I would like to see that like they could pull out King of the Ring like you know you know how that goes like they pulled out I mean they remember originally they got rid of Eliminate Chamber and they had to bring it back but um, well, I get what you're saying like and you know a lot of that comes down to Triple H's influence and him being you know obviously a Harley Race ass motherfucker so like James also there are WWE fans sincerely wanting someone with the last name Rhodes to win the championship. <laughs> I don't um, not I don't not that because it's like when we go through creative success of the year for One Nation Radio and the One Nation Radio Awards, like Cody Rhodes' babyface run in WWE them two months like has to be like the best thing they've done, if not the second best thing they've done, depending on like how people feel about the like. Roman just being the top champion. I don't know how you say, like, as far as creative champion, you say, like, Roman Reigns, Ace Run, or whatever. I don't know. But, like, after that, like, you, you, it's going to be real hard for you to then, like, not come up with, like, Cody Rhodes' babyface thing or Cody Rhodes versus Seth Rollins as being, like, the top of their creative success of the year. Am I wrong here? No. Yeah. So, yeah. Like, he he's, like, he wasn't, he came in as a big deal. They made him super hot. He won every big match. And like he's gone now. Like they did what we always want them to do when somebody comes in that like has the potential to like reach at the top. So like bravo to him for that part. It sucks that he got hurt. So W or excuse me, uh, Japanese wrestlers on Turner Network Television setting up pay per view showdowns with American companies. 
run it up. Um, WWE actually becoming a Southern wrestling hotbed. Yeah. Um, yeah. Being the being wrestling that that the small cities enjoy, um, which is ironic because they always were the Northeast New York big city promotion. Mm-hmm. They no longer are. Um, even though it's picked up of late, but they've definitely caught fire in Carolina, South Carolina, uh, Atlanta. Uh, you see them in uh, Mississippi sometimes. You see them in Alabama. Uh, you see them in Tennessee. And uh, this year, like like that, that all sounds real uh, Beltway, yeah. Rust Belt uh, influence there. Well, Bible Belt. Or Bible Belt, excuse me. Yeah. Uh, influence wrestling there uh, that, you know, not for the smarks, you know. Yeah. Um, celebrities challenging for the world title. Let's run it up. So <laughs> <laughs> much in the way David Arquette once once challenged for the WCW world title. All right. Now, okay. Well, I'm going to stop you there. At first, you were talking about the good things. <laughs> oh, there are more. There's more. Let's talk. Let's get to the good things first, and let's and then we can get to the funny parts. And I was like, you're retracing like the parts that absolutely killed WCW. It, it made them dead. It made them part of IP on the on as a tab on the net, on the Peacock. So let's go with the good things, the good influences. The evil authority figure Eric Bischoff yeah, was on TV a year before Vince McMahon. Not counting that Memphis stuff. Stop yelling. Um, Dusty Rhodes being a mentor to so many of today's biggest wrestlers. Both companies go yeah. down the list. Yeah, NXT. S- Sting. Sting is alive and thriving today. And what do you think of Sting as? WCW. Yep, the franchise. And last but not least, James, the reason why WCW won, Ric Flair's last match being a draw still. <laughs> 2022, the Nature Boy Ric Flair, the disgrace Nature to, Boy. They gotta yes. add that part. Like if he had, think of how much better it would have done had that shit not came out uh, from um, the revelation from Dark Side of the Ring. It's amazing it did what it did. Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> they they sold pay per views and they sold the building out that weekend. Unbelievable. At at the end, WCW won. <laughs> yeah man yeah um also ricky steamboat is back about to wrestle as yeah, well yeah where do we know where he's wrestling at it's gonna be some gcw uh, shit i don't know where ricky steamboat is but there's okay. something going on in the comments that yeah we're gonna have to uh, handle on that so uh, what happened I'll get it in just a moment. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, what else we got? Um, I, I briefly alluded to it. We got uh, Roman Reigns uh, and Logan Paul um, are going to be facing each other in Saudi Saudi Arabia. And before we do that, so everybody, uh, I want y'all in the comments to let this person know. Um, I, I guess like, you know, uh, this is live right now. We're going to okay. go ahead and, and say goodbye to them <laughs> because they are out of here now. <laughs> All right. So. Um, is that Diggs third touchdown? Jeez. 
But anyway, Roman Reigns uh, will be taking on Logan Paul and uh, in Saudi Arabia. And it is for the WWE Universal Championship, the world title, all that stuff or whatever, right? Um, I saw this and Logan Paul, of course, made his debut at WrestleMania this year, followed it up with a performance at SummerSlam. I believe he got a four-star match out of The Miz. Uh, I believe Logan Paul does a lot of a lot of things I would like in wrestling. I don't think I saw the Miz match for some reason, uh, but I saw the the gifts going around. He's definitely uh, an athlete. He takes risks. Yep, and, yep. Uh, people like him or seem to think he did a good job. I like what he does in the ring. It's for for obviously experience level. Obviously, it's a lot of you know uh, new spots that that people like have been convinced through like years of top wrestlers not wanting to do shit that like it only takes them. It takes like the most. Like athletic people in the world to, to be able to do this shit it's like, nah, man. Like if I I was going to liken it to something else that we were talking about, where it's like they talk about certain people being uh, special or whatever else, but uh, to be able to do it, but like not really. Uh, but well, I'll say, but I'm not finna say that on air. I don't want that smoke. But um, yeah, like you know what I'm talking about, don't you? I think I do. Okay, yeah. So um, anyway, yeah, he um. He, he's impressive. Like my my, I, I have concerns of obviously you know how much stuff he actually knows. Like what happens if shit hits the fan, or they need uh, need to tell us a slightly different thing in whatever or tweak whatever happens in the match they're doing as far as like knowing how to you know work with the right person or whatever else. But I think they have the benefit of being in Saudi Arabia, so they know they they have a more a crowd that's more uh, stable compared to what happens when like his reaction is when he's in America because like Roman for him being the biggest hill in. Um, in the world right now, like he's still also the biggest baby face, uh, or most popular person. So like, and also a lot of people, I mean, Paul has still hasn't gotten good reactions to the baby face. So it could be a part, part, it could easily be a situation where he steps in there and like, they're trying to work that match where he's the baby face and like the crowd is absolutely not having it. And in Saudi Arabia, they're just going to cheer for him. Yeah. Um, most likely. Yeah, I, I saw this match being made and it started like catching fire through social media. I believe Roman was on Logan Paul's podcast. There were uh, just comments being made like it, that basically escalated it. Ended up showing up, up on SmackDown, I believe. And then they did this press conference that apparently did not work out the way the company intended to like it. Everyone pretty much ignored it, but uh, there's a, there was a boxing event there over the weekend. I believe it was Triple G and Canelo. And while they were in town, and they've done a crown jewel press conference. Excuse me. Crown jewel. <laughs> they've done one of those press conferences before. If you remember when Cain Velasquez and Brock were up, was up there. I didn't see it, but I saw a couple of clips coming out. Roman sounded like he uh, was cutting some good promos. Um, I believe Logan Paul said, I am the table at some point, which uh, uh, promptly. Do we know uh, if it made- was on our, do we know if it was ironic or unironically? He basically said it in response. He was like, you know, Roman Reigns said he's the head yeah. of the table. Well, I am the table. Yeah, but did you see the clip? Did you see on his face whether or not he was like tugging I did about not. it or not? Okay, okay, okay. I did not. Um, but if if he did, good for him. But I, I don't think he did. Um, but he, uh, as far as this match, um, <laughs> um, as far as this match, when I heard this coming together, I was like, I and Sir Sam sent a tweet out that. 
uh, attracted everyone yep. to it. That that got real people real upset. Yeah. Um. Is you know it, just just the standard that what this company is allowed to get away with. Um. This man's on his third career match, and he's headlining uh, WWE's biggest money show of the year. Uh, I believe they will make fifty million dollars again off of this thing. It is a sold show. Uh, it is a sold propaganda show. Uh, so, like when you see people do the um, the the dumb thing of you know, do Saudi Arabia wrestling fans not deserve to get a show and uh, and all that stuff? It's like no. Um, and also, uh, do do you think the U.S. government does is a perfect country? No, that has nothing to do with this. Like <laughs> the the United States is not enrolling propaganda to the company uh to to not not cutting big checks to the company to do shows in the face and name of america and improving their image um oh, this is look at the comments bro yes oh my god oh mbs going wild oh man i can't believe someone typed that shit in here oh <laughs> black saber jr says oh and before i get to that what, what he said um as far as like this match coming together like it's just absolutely ridiculous and i i don't there's no like there's no wrong reason for it this well I, I will say this it has at first i was like oh this is completely random that's weird um and then I was like, why didn't they even do the thing where, like, at least he asked for a match? Because if, if he asked for a match, like, he can grant whatever. He'd be like, okay, fine, I'll beat you up. No, like, it's a simple story. It's a, it's a, it's a lazy story, but it's still a reason, right? All he's a reason to make when you match make like you make you make the match you want to have, and all you have to do is like put reasons for why the match exists, right, to get people to care. So I heard that like he did the podcast where like he is mostly Roman is mostly in like being himself talking about like his experiences playing this character, Roman Reigns, right? Like this is mostly Joe Anowai. Uh, and then I guess at the end, Logan Paul asked for a match. And then I was like, Oh, so it was like the, like the Heyman Austin podcast where like, they do just a regular podcast. And at the end, like all of a sudden, then like Heyman says some slick and then Austin's like, has to shoot an angle for a match. It says like, fuck it. Let's, let's do the Texas death match or whatever. Like it, like that's what it turned into, and I was like, okay, whatever. That's better than nothing, but it's still like you know, it's weird. Like because they don't have to throw anything at this show that's real, right? They don't have to throw anything that's like some like they don't have, like their biggest match, like their McIntyre Roman match or their Ma- or their Roman Rock match. Like it never has to go to Saudi Arabia, but they have to give you something. And I figured it'd be like I don't know. Um... Bobby Lashley versus Roman or something like that, right? Like that's something they can get away with, something where you know there's you know Roman's gonna win anyway, but people you know, people will be intrigued with whatever else and you can feel like they gave them a match, right? This is just like I just find it weird. Like this seems like a match that should be put on TV. Uh, to be quite honest with you. Um, in a way, because you know, obviously, you know, they make so much money off TV, like you might be able to get some people to tune in or whatever else, but like once they were like, okay, so if you're a Logan Paul fan, you're, you're, I don't think you're going to pop on Peacock to go watch this, this, you know, or whatever else. Maybe, maybe, maybe I'm mistaken on it. Whatever. I just thought it was a weird strategy. Like, there's ways to do this match where, like, you could utilize it better, like, on TV than here. Um, Agreed. Yeah. Because, because yeah. when you think about it, the argument for this is, oh, it's going to get a bunch of eyes on it. Oh, really? 
<laughs> yeah. How? How would we know that? Like, yeah. like what metric would would like WWE see it all? Because like the Saturday Arabia shows normally start at what like noon two, somewhere yes. between noon and two like on, noon, on whatever like, day like they noon, are. Yeah. Um. So it's Eastern time show. Obviously. It's behind a paywall. Um. And it is. I don't. I don't know who the audience is for this. I guess this is just. You know, it's not. It's not me. So. <laughs> Um, but Black Saber Jr. says, "What's the over under on the Roman Logan match? I've got it at two and a quarter stars. Nah, it'd be better, um, man. Like I two just and hope- quarter, two and a quarter star is like the average like opening match on a Stardom house show. Like like Wakasukiyama and and May and my Sakurai and like nah. I'll give Wawaka. them. Come on, I'll get." I'll give them three and a quarter as the as the over under on that because like there could be a styles clash here. I mean, I don't think I don't think I I think uh, Logan's going to do exactly what Roman Reigns wants to do, which could be part of the problem. Um, I don't know if Roman Reigns will be adding more members of his game because I'm sure the Usos can't travel. Neither can Sami Zayn. I don't know about Solo Sokoa. That's a really good point about the Usos not being able to travel. Yeah, so will they pull another family member out? Will they um, have Jake Paul go with Logan? Will something like that, will they try to steal the title in Saudi Arabia? Um, You know, but, you know, fuck it, man. Trap up Logan Paul since, since you know they seem to be about you know getting the eyes on him. Let let let's continue to further explore this concept. Like you know, if it's just about selling out the wrestling business, why do it halfway? Why fuck around with it? Do it expeditiously. Look, you know, um, you smoke crack, don't you? Oh my god. Okay, so for me thinking Strap about this Logan, one, for me thinking about this match because they've been dead set on making uh, Paul a babyface the whole time, even though he screams. You know, really good, really good hill potential. If you want to do this and utilize it to where like this gives him the credibility where he can eventually like kind of jump past the earn your stripes type of thing. You go in there, you have him have the, the match where he does all the stuff. And like people are, you know, people for now will be like, "Ooh, ah, oh, this guy that's so green does this," and then like eventually he's like, "All right, how come he's not doing? All right, we we've been oohing off before. Like he's not fucking ricochet, knock it off." But we'll see how that goes. Um, <laughs> but like there is obviously a story there. Like you have him have the match, he loses, he gets screwed over, or he gets his ass completely handed to him, and then he builds back to get back to Roman, right? Over a year or over eighteen months, whatever, right? Um. So, bro, is Should that they just bury Roman Reigns with this title at this point? Well, I, look, obviously they don't have a plan for who's going to seat them, right? We know that, but whatever. Like, they have a top guy who's felt who feels like a top guy too. People that watch it, so that's so that's success himself. Do I think they need to turn him babyface at this point and get on and get and get on with it? Because like it'll work now, yeah. But they still they I think they feel like they're scared to death like we finally got this guy to where he he feels like the biggest deal after we want him to be the biggest deal and we fucked it up in 2015 so like I feel there is it's not too unsimilar from the Britt Baker's type of uh thing where it's like we got this person over as a heel when we tried to push him in his face it didn't work exactly how we wanted it to and we don't want to fuck up the calculus like we don't want to fuck up what, what was working right now so you know um yeah, it's it's a it's a, it's a weird match, but I feel like it's a match 
it's a it feels like a random match, but at least like it's a random match that feels like it has a purpose to it, like to where like they can get back to it in a year or so, whatever else, and see you know chat back on like where Logan Paul is, whatever. So I don't mind that because like I mean we kind of saw that with uh, the anniversary show and starting this year with Mariah and Shuri, where it's like. All right, you're in there with the best. We've been with the best in the world. Go out there and, and see what you can do. And, and uh, Mariah was fought valiantly, and then eventually uh, Shuri said, "I've had enough," and then cut her off. Uh, and like you know, the, you know, for Mariah, that's a lesson. Like this is this is what this is what the top level is. This is what you got to do. This is what you have to reach. This is what you, this is what this is the top of the mountain. You are. You got to figure out where you are on the mountain. Are you here? Are you here? Are you here? Or whatever else. Like I'm, I'm obviously doing the visual thing uh, for the stream, but like yeah. Yeah, like to see where you are. Like if that if that is in fact like there's actually a story they could do to tell that. Now, um, do I think that Logan Paul's gonna become WWE champion? Probably not. I'll say this. I would love him for him to win the championship in Saudi Arabia. Oh, because you you're just room for chaos. Chaos agent yeah. here. Um, but I think Roman will win. However, I am fully confident Logan Paul will win the championship one day. Really? Yes. Mm. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. I feel like he's so far away from from that, from credibility with, with the fans, outside of him just what they don't like of him already. Um I think they probably I feel like if they were to turn him heel, it would work easier because obviously it's still a heel it's still a heat company. Um but you know, uh, we'll see over time. Like, I'm not exactly, I'm not the thing is exactly the, like the worst thing in the world. Cause like the dude is like fun to watch from what we've seen of him so far. I will say this though, learning about the thing that happened with him in Japan was like, yo, that is that troubling. That's, that's I, I prefer yeah. that I, when I didn't know that about that gentleman, yeah. maybe that's the reason that people don't like him. <laughs> who said who in the roster is credible? I mean, there's a number of guys that are credible. Like, and by credible, I mean like they come out, they get cheered, people see them as someone that matters. Like, that's all credibility is. Like, there's a number of guys: Bobby Lashley, Drew McIntyre, Randy Orton, uh, Seth Rollins, Riddle, Kevin Owens. There's a number of guys: Charlotte Flair. Becky, Sasha, Naomi. Well, I don't know if they're on the roster this year or whatever. You want to play Asuka. Yeah, I, I, I don't know uh, uh, as far as the like, Usos, uh, New Day. There's a number um, of them. Do they feel now there's a difference between credibility and stale? Now, if you're saying they're stale, sure. Do they, but they're still credible. Okay, so a late add in. Um, it was on the show sheet, but we happened to just like not see it. But while we were talking on the stream, like we happened, Rich had, had just remembered, like we forgot to talk about it. So um, Malachi Black is no longer with AEW. Um, where does he ask for his release? Um, how long back, Rich? I'm not sure uh, how long been, back. It hasn't been necessarily a long time, but it has been like longer than a couple weeks ago. He asked for his release, and he finally then and then it was granted apparently uh, officially this week. Right, and um, he was blowing kisses at the crowd um, at All Out, and yeah, uh, TK didn't want to answer questions about him uh, to to follow the show. Uh, they did trademark House of Black in the fallout of this. Uh, they've spent a lot of TV time on it, quite frankly. Um, he released a statement on uh, Instagram like three pages long. Um, basically, it, it was like he was 
saying uh like he was talking about his uh his mental well-being uh he's being a private person he is uh he's like thank you guys for your messages um we they're read and appreciated with the turmoil going on in the landscape of pro wrestling i took the time <coughs> to think of my words but also need to wait between wait until conversations between mine and AEW's camp had come to a conclusion. First, I dislike reading parts of my private conversations between myself and AEW in regards to my mental well-being on the internet. Those conversations were private and not meant to be shared with the public. As most people know, I'm a very private person and do not need to feel feel the need to have stuff like this out on the internet. If you've been following me for longer than a cup of coffee, you're aware that I've spoken about them prior, but would like to be the one deciding when this finds its way to the public and not through someone else's mouth. As with anyone, anything else, through the lips of someone else, that story gets distorted. Secondly, to be in line with the above, they also need context. I indeed did ask for my release. The last two years of my life have lended to a lot of setbacks. Both me and my wife have been affected by uncontrollable actions from the outside that resulted in loss of life, medical setbacks, career jeopardizing, the suicide of a close friend, the close family member almost losing their life, then experiencing an injury that I sure was the end was sure was the end of my career. I spend every uh, week going through several sessions of rehab, dry needling and therapy just to be able to walk and compete. Now with this being the tip of the iceberg and with the combination of the promises in my professional field that were not upheld, which resulted as a combination of all of these to a complete demoralization of life and career. This decision had been in my mind for the past six months it's hard to really put a finger and say this was the moment it all went wrong, but I can tell you after many year, many years that I've learned from a rational point of view to see when I need to hit the brakes, which is what this is. Perhaps once my mind settles on certain things and processes, the last two years I'll be a uh, I will convey via a different platform than written out uh, what the exact things that happened and have a more informed conversation about them for now i'm good i'm taking for the first time in 22 years a few months to recalibrate the last two decades of my life lastly i've read a few narratives online in regards to my release mental health and my personal life that i can summarize swiftly if it didn't come for me it didn't happen stuff about conditional releases stuff in my marriage or using uh, or said mental health to leverage the other when i said i wasn't I said before that wasn't going to be part of the public conversation or false. My marriage is fine. I am fine. It is just time to make sure those things stay that way. I appreciate your support. We'll see each other soon enough. Okay. Um, so I feel like this needs, this doesn't need to be said, but I'll say it anyway. Um, when it comes to someone's mental health and, uh, losses in people's lives, um, yeah, that's like serious business. Uh, I hope that everything works out on that front. It like, and um, you, you don't ever want to see hear about people like going through bad times. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's say um, as a as a or analyzing this as a pro wrestling story. Um, I'll look around the corner here. <sighs> A man asked for his release. He wants to go back to WWE. It's quite clear. Um, he has a lot of time on his deal left. Uh, maybe three, it four, four years. Four and a half that. years, I think. Four, four and a half years. Um, Triple H is back uh, in booking. We just saw Jeff Hardy go through something with WWE where he got his release, where he we knew where he wanted to be. I feel like this is the same thing here. Um, 
I, as far as Malachi Black's run in AEW, mixed results at best. Um, Had some killer matches. Also, like, after a certain point, it was like, this dude looks like he could be a top heel. And then immediately, like, at a time where they, you know, at right now they could use a top heel. And then, like, it just went nowhere. Um, I don't know if it was because, like, they've, they decided to do House of Black instead of just push him as a solo act. I don't know. But it just, it was, it was a super hot coming start at the start. And then, uh, you know, obviously they decided to water it down with, with Cody getting his, getting W's back. And, and then, you know, now Cody, now that now they're both out of company. Yeah. It, it wasn't never right for me after I was there the, the night that he lost in Orlando to Cody. Uh, and of course that came after the Arthur Ashe show, which he started spitting mist and, it didn't click for me. Um, and I don't, I don't know if that's on him. Cause you know, this is a guy that has lots of ideas. I don't know what was being filtered, what was being stopped, what was being greenlit. Uh, we saw what was being greenlit. Um, and I can't say any of the promos were particularly captivating or anything. They um, were at the start. The house of the house of the black, the house of black stuff was like, what we talk about with Jade right now, it's like, so it feels like instead of, is leading somewhere is just is just something to buy time, like you're just you know treading water, and like you do enough of those, it's like okay, like there's only so many times you can talk politically about like the occult before eventually people's <laughs> eyes glaze over, um, and you know obviously they were also hurt with like you know Phoenix breaking his elbow or dislocating his elbow because they were supposed to do House of Black versus uh, Death Triangle months and his own injury got to it. Yeah, that's true. Like it, it, a lot of bad timing for him, but also some unforced errors between what he wants out, what he wants to do in his professional wrestling, and also like uh, some weird things as far as roster positioning uh, for um, for him on Tony Khan's behalf. But like, regardless of you know whatever was happening, he had some banger matches, and um, we'll see what what's next for him. I think he's going to end up in WWE. When oh, yeah. I don't know, but I think he's going to end up in WWE. Uh, um, and you know, like if he ends up in WWE, I think he'll get more mileage. I think he'll get you know uh, used at a higher position than he was in AEW. Um, and and it's weird to say that because it's like it was such a hot start. It really was. Yeah. Um, like when I saw that of, dude come, when I saw that dude come in like the first month, like this is a dude that could be like a dumb or two hill, and then like by the end of it, it's like, oh, like he can win a trios title. <laughs> James Brown says is leaving with four years on your contract, like Kevin Durant. Um, that's funny, uh, but I mean, for a harmonious locker room sake, if this guy's like being a mope and. You know, he doesn't if he doesn't want to be, be there, around, that, like that, that's the beauty of, of having two companies. If he doesn't want to be yeah. there, he can and it feels like he can be positioned or, or treated better, <laughs> slotted better somewhere else. I I will hope for anybody that wants to leave can leave out their situation. Like they're supposed to be independent contractors, but they're treated anything but. So like as far as uh you know going between AEW going from AEW to NXT or sorry from AEW to WWE or going from WWE to AEW I hope anybody that wants to get the fuck out can leave and get out of a different situation 
I really do. So for me, it doesn't really change how I feel about it. Like it's unfortunate. Uh, but you know, same thing, like when Jeff Hardy or, um, Pat Buck or whatever else wanted to get the fuck out, like, I hope that they could have gotten the fuck out in the same way that, like, if, um, Malachi asked for his release, I, I wish he was able to get his release. Like, didn't, you know, MJF thing is a little different because we don't know if he was bullshitting or what. We don't know. (laughs) Right, right. So we don't, so that's a little different. Um, but if he actually had wanted really, really badly to get out, then I wish he would have been able to get out. It is what it is. Yeah. But that was a, that was a contract dispute on some pay me like a quarterback. And they're like, well, we don't think you're a quarterback. So, you know, that's kind of how that one, that one went. But as far as black, like he wanted to be out, his wife's in WWE. He right, never wanted we, to leave WWE. Like, he never, he never a, wanted we, to leave WWE. He yeah. got fired from WWE or let go, but budget cuts in quotation marks. And then, like, as he got fired, he he still said, "Like, I still want to be there. If he wants to be there, let him be there. Good for him." Yeah, like I'm glad there's we, places we, for him to want to be, and he can be there, and he can still be on a high at a high profile, as opposed to like you know, um, trying to globe trot around the world or whatever else. Uh, it would be that be something he didn't really want to do. Yeah. Um, they um what was I gonna say? Um I can't remember. But uh Jane Brown Wyo says crazy that people think Triple H would be able to push everyone at the same time, some of these returns will fail. I mean, that, I guess yeah. that's a risk that you well, gotta yeah. take. It's a risk but, you take. But there's also the part where it's like they look at like who's in front of them and let's say AEW and it's like Danielson, Moxley, Jericho, Omega, Adam Cole, uh like those guys aren't those are people that are proven that like are always going to be you know pretty high quality guys whatever and then also you think of all the people that are younger than him that are going to get better right um and then and then you look at the other perspective where it's like that's two hours you know i know people are say it's three hours because the rampage is two hours it's two, like we didn't watch rampage this week like they've, they've like unless they start trying again we can just treat it as if like there's only two hours of of weekly television on AEW, right and then you look at raw and smackdown with five hours and raw's raw's a good show and it's like who are they pushing as like a a, a top heel right now oh austin theory you think that malachi black does not <laughs> does not see that what they're doing with Alistair Theory and think well geez I could be the next fucking Undertaker there like so yeah like, or, or yeah, whatever, we, whatever's in we, his mind we, we remember what um so what, what those interviews sounded like like them shit sounded like off the like that man was on another planet like um with some of the stuff he was talking about when he when he left WWE um I think it's best for both parties that they both move on um yeah so that that's pretty much all I have to say on it, so glad he was able to get his release. I would have liked to have seen a House of Black versus um, Elite match. Definitely would have wanted to see that. Um, you know, like we got the the Death Triangle match at least. Um, but yeah, I man, just it's like I mean there there was a lot of people that were being signed out of there, and yeah. there was like it wasn't going to work for everybody. Like right, it, so it's, 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 we left out like musical chairs. There's only so many spaces. Yep. So um, and the spooky stuff doesn't seem to be the the bag. In AEW at least, so um, he can go hang out in that Wyatt and Karrion Cross Phylum and whatever. So I don't know if Karrion Cross even doing this ever turning the TV screen black. Like, I, I, I don't even black and white. I don't even know what the fuck that is that he's doing. It's necessarily spook, spooky or occultish or sci-fi or whatever. I don't know. Y'all have to enlighten me because I, I, you know, I, I, I'm only watching pay per views, so. Good pay per view. Like the last pay per view was, was damn good. Um, we didn't talk about it uh, a couple weeks ago, but like the Sheamus shit was awesome. 
Um, the Sheamus and Walter match was awesome. I ended up giving that four and a half stars. Um, the Rollins and Riddle match was damn good. Um, I ended up giving that four and a quarter. Um, like the main event, like I thought that shit was just way too long for the time it went. And then like, by the time they get to the closing stretch, it's big move, lay down, big move, lay down, big move, lay down, big move. And guess what? Lay down some more. And then at the end, like after building this whole matchup, after rebuilding, um, Drew McIntyre back up, like instead of, you know, banning the Usos, like, a third Uso appears, a blonde Uso, Super Saiyan Uso, Super Uso shows up and like costs him the match. And I was like, yo, this is such a lame way to get out of the main event of like one of the three biggest shows of the year. Like just have someone beat someone for fuck's sake. Um, yes. yeah, and, it's all, and it's also like, okay, so you tease throughout this whole entire thing that it's going to be Drew McIntyre and um, Karrion Cross throughout the whole time. And the person that doesn't screw him out the title isn't carrying cross and lead to them having huge some other girls. Like, it's some, some random other person that's never, never seen some before. random person that like a lot of people like the never seen before part, but like, oh, it's another it's another Samoan it's another Samoan part of bullet line. It's like okay. When is when is Drew McIntyre going to set his sights on you? Look, oh, he's I not. Too, he's going to face. He's going to face Karrion Cross. Okay, thanks. Great. I too remember when random members would debut for the NWO to protect Hollywood Hogan. I too remember this. Like it's just a, it's just a lazy days at Smokin and like this stuff that like that happens in in WWE was like I mean last one I only remember was like when they did like the after War Games the first Women's War Games were like Tegan um, was getting revenge on um, on Dakota Kai at Portland and then all of a sudden out of nowhere at random comes Raquel Gonzalez and she power choke slams her through the uh, Tegan through the table. table. Yeah, it's like. You you are you have nothing to do with this. Like you only you have something to do with this now because you just showed up. But like that's such a it's such a lazy way to get out of stuff. Um, but whatever. Um, They're eating it up. Like they they don't have like they don't have these reservations. So good for them. Uh, I I want more. So yeah yeah I I just think but but then like you see the split in like when you look at the cage match rating on the match is like I think it's like a 7.5 something whatever else and like I thought the match like I said like oh it's some you know three and a half or sorry three and a quarter three and three quarters a four star thing or whatever else and like uh, Chad like Chad and Finishel like they think it's like a match of the year contender I'm like no you're out of your minds guys like no absolutely not and, I, and I'm not, and I'm not, and that was before I even got to like the bad finish. I was like, no, this match is like this match is like. I can't agree. This match is very good, gentlemen. but I'm leaving it at that. And like, it's barely worth the time. It's barely worth this runtime. That's like, not. A, like, that's not some match of your contender. Like, like I'm not. Was, like, I, just saw Ospre- second- I just watched. I just watched Osprey and <laughs> in Okada a couple weeks ago, and like, no. Yeah. I just yeah. and then like remember my remark to you like after you after you watched uh, Hameka and um, Hameka and Shuri, sure. I was like. Did did Hameka and Shuri get more accomplished in fifth in like fifteen minutes than these guys did in like thirty? And you were like, "Yes, they did." Like, yeah. no, man. Yeah, I. It's not for me. Um, so, yeah, y'all know where I'm at on this. Like, it it was a lot of stalling, standing around, hanging out. Roman Reigns getting on the microphone. If you like it, awesome. 
Like, but like, I still think it's a very. I still like. I, like, I score. Look, I gave it a, a a grade of very good match to borderline great. Right. I'm like, not I'm giving it four. I give it three. Boring. The four. Right. But for me, it's like, nah, man. That that's not what I want to see. Like. Eh. Yeah, I, f- I find this incredibly like boring, and like they're finding new ways to like like with they're randomly debuting the the next member of the group, and I'm like, like Drew Baggins just look fucking terrible, bro. Like like, and then he's singing in the ring after the match with Tyson Fury. I didn't hear, like, I didn't know about that. This guy's a fucking loser, man. Like I don't like. <laughs> Like, bro, like, I uh, apparently it's something I don't understand. Sam told me this is a thing with, with, with the British and all that. I'm shocked. Was it like a was like a football thing where, like, oh, after the game, win or lose, you still sing the fight you song? Sing, yeah, but I'm like. Well, yeah, I mean, that happens, but it's like, so I don't really hold it against him, but it's like the part about him losing, oh, he absolutely lost. So whatever. He is a loser. He lost. Like look, he lo- Like, he lost the first pay-per-view show in England in, like, fucking maybe. forever. And, like. Maybe. Maybe, just maybe, he should have smoked crack the night before. It may have helped him win. I, I don't think that's how that works, but um like I think the main thing is like why did they set him up for this kind of L? Why why even put him put him in the match if he's gonna lose? There's no that's stupid. That's well, fundamentally dumb. What you, when, like you're never gonna come back. Because this is not about Drew Baggins hire. This promotion is about Roman Reigns. Great. This is this is Hulk Hogan in the eighties. He's sawing through the roster. You can't even say that because in Hulk Hogan in the eighties, you're also was a macho man. There also was Roddy Piper. Like there, you know what I'm saying? Like there, Seth Rollins ain't no fucking macho man. Randy Savage. Are you kidding? What are we doing? <laughs> that man. Dr- <laughs> I'm not even gonna do it. Um, he does not dress nearly as good as a uh, macho man. No, he dresses oh, outlandish man. though. Yeah, sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. But yeah, yep. So um, I guess we should um move over to AEW in the last uh, two weeks. So obviously um we began um with the the post show for um all out Tony Khan addressing the situation with Punk and the Elite uh, on camera. Everyone stripped of their belts, um, yep. much in the way covid stole um from james uh cm punk stole um from me and my elite trios run that's okay they gave us three great matches but um after that um, fun 19 days indeed um they had uh sit or they announced the belts were vacant they didn't mention uh any of the people or why or anything like that so um we did not predict who will be the white rabbit in WWE. We did not. <laughs> oh, yes. No, first we did not predict who the fuck the white rabbit is. I, I'm still trying to figure out what the fuck that means. Like, right. Yeah, Everyone like, just immediately knows what it means. And, and I, I said this in a group earlier. Uh, I'm not going to repeat myself verbatim, but I'm like, what the fuck is a white rabbit? Why am I expected to know this? And how does everybody just assume it's Bray Wyatt? I don't know. I guess it's just weird, kooky shit. So. I, like I saw, uh, okay, so like a week ago, I saw something about like they were playing some song called White Rabbit. I was like, I've never heard this song before. That's okay, whatever. Why well, I don't know why they're playing it, whatever. And then, like, then somebody like started showing, I guess, Karen Cross at like the very end of as they're closing the doors on Lucha Underground, like showed up like in some gimmick called the White Rabbit. And like, Rich, we do a we ha- on the on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. There is a podcast called. 
<laughs> called the Grave Consequences that covered Lucha Underground. Correct. And then also Josh, Josh, like as Lucha Underground got like got fun to people and then like proceeded to go like lose popularity and go away. Like he he loved Lucha Underground. Even when they were doing like time machine, time travel shit or whatever, 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 whatever. No knock against it. I asked Josh, I asked Caleb, I asked Greg. Neither one of them have gotten back at me on what exactly the fuck the white rabbit character for Karen Cross was in, in uh in Lucha, Lucha Underground. I don't know if you noticed that, but I've asked multiple times. No, no, never got an answer in any 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 way, shape, or form. So, like, I, I could not. Help I, you I don't know. That. I don't know. I don't know. I don't watch Raw or SmackDown regularly, so I don't know. And quite frankly, I don't care. Like, whatever it happens, it happens. If if it is actually happening, it might just be a red herring. Who knows? Yeah. Um. But yeah. 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 Bruce, besides right now, you talk. That's all right. Um. <clears throat> so we opened. Um. You said the trios match uh, championships were going to be decided right away. Uh, between Death Triangle and um, Best Friends and uh, Orange Cassidy. And that was a match that was made on the pay-per-view that suddenly became for the championship. So uh, after that, um, we had an awesome trios match between those guys all came out with a point to prove working hard. And these are all like day one guys uh, from AW. And it was kind of like this, this tone that was around the show. Um, they were in, I don't know where exactly they were in Buffalo the first week. Yeah, they were. And yeah. Cause Garcia was main eventing. Yeah. Like, uh, when I heard, uh, like, you know, all the belts were stripped. I was pissed. I was pissed because, like, the AEW title lineage is, like, fucked up now. And then the trio's belts were immediately stripped. I was even more pissed at that. I was like, what the fuck? And I, and I just, like, and I was just, like, talking to everybody. I, I just couldn't even really – I don't want to say I couldn't focus on the match, but, like, I, it took me a while before I, I was able to get into it. I was just like – this fucking sucks. Like, and it was just like full after the press conference, uh, everything, you know, we had done that podcast that week. That that was like the week before. And I was like furious. I was just watching this shit. And I was like, man, these guys are having a good match. And I just, I can't get into it. Um, for me, I, 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 I got over the shock of them or not necessarily the shock, but like, I guess the surprise is more, more word, even though there's some synonyms. Uh, I'm gonna say cinnamon, <laughs> but anyway, uh, yeah, I, I, it didn't bother me as much. Like I was like, oh, okay, they, 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 you know, given what was what we heard, some of the what may have may or not have happened is like, okay, this is appropriate. This we're moving on. We're on we're on to Cincinnati, right? Like, all right, next team, next two teams up, and um, I enjoyed the match, and obviously, like you know, as far as picking my favorite trios in AEW, it is probably. Death Triangle. So, like, it might be a part of the agenda thing. I don't know. What I was, what I was e- easy to move on from. Like, okay, the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega and CM Punk and Ace Steel <laughs> from what year Ace Steel will not be here. Like, no time soon. They're just stripping these belts and moving on. So, like, I've accepted that they they won't be here for now. And like, quite frankly, like, I feel like a I feel like Tony, especially after this show, Tony Khan has more or less like shown improved throughout the year that like it it hurts when people are gone but he is going to move on and find the next best thing to keep this thing afloat and going and i feel like he's done a hell of a job as a booker with 
the amount of injuries he's had all year um, and people not coming back or, or holding off on stuff to finally get to it and then shit getting fucked up or whatever else. I think he's done. I thought that show after after that, I was like, this is one of the best shows in Dynamite history. And this man had to do had to pull this out of his ass at the 11th hour. Right. And I, I thought it was in I thought the wrestlers were up for it. And obviously you will talk about the Mox and MJF thing later. But like I felt like everybody was up to show is like the, the all this shit that's going on will not fuck up this program and or this show and this promotion. Like there are tons of people that are more than happy to take these fucker spots if they fuck it up. So like fuck around and find out. Um, we for had, all parties involved in major major ways of having that nonsense last a few weeks ago or in lesser roles like they just not finna go down they because the wrestlers ain't having it beat like Jericho Danielson Moxley they're not having it like <laughs> they, they, those three will refuse to let this shit go down they do not want to come back to, to the E it's not happening that's what it um, seemed like this week or that that particular episode of Dynamite. It was funny because I saw a lot of that sentiment like, oh, man, Tony Khan is, yeah, he had to adjust on the fly and all that. I'm like, bro, like, how short are our memories? Like, this company has been adjusting on the fly since the first pay-per-view. Yeah, like the when Pack and Hangman Page yeah. got 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 pulled from from the show at like a week before, um, and it was like, man, what are they gonna do? And it, oh, it's shit's all fucked up already. Da, 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 da. And they've just been answering the bell since then. So, um. The real beginning of the show was MJF coming out and addressing the audience. Um, and this was fucking phenomenal uh, as far as like this monster reaction to him. Fucking hilarious. Um, <laughs> he said, you know, he, was, he apologized for all the offensive things that he said uh, and said he's going to be a leader going forward uh, and all this other shit. And he was just complete ownership, you, you, crowd you, control. You, you missed out the part. They're in Buffalo, New York. Yes, Josh he Allen comes jersey. out with a Josh out Al- Josh Allen jersey, and he's like baby facing it up, and you can tell it's so fucking fake. But the crowd wanted to eat it up, and I'm just like, look at this, look at this honey glazed fucking ham over here, just 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 doing the just doing the shtick of, and I'm just like, he's about to turn on these people, and they, they don't even realize like they know. I was like, this is great, like it's gonna be great when he shits on them. Yeah, he um. <laughs> I, I do want to say, like, about the MJF thing, it, it is weird now. Um, his whole storyline got blown up. The the promo that he cut in opposition to the company before, he's like this baby face now mm-hmm. um, to people. Uh, mm-hmm. But he's still, like, working as a heel. And then, like, the stuff that against Moxley does not hit the same like as far like as far as like you know him having to aim his promo at someone uh and that kind of got demonstrated in the second week i would say um but moxley comes out um and basically interrupts him and he lays down just like the day john moxley dies they'll talk about this promo uh when he goes in the wrestling observer hall of fame whenever he does we'll remember this promo it was like a uh you know some of those those promos where uh, it's like a landmark in time. Uh, that's what this uh, promo kind of felt like. It was like, yo, he's really like, like he, like he gives a fuck, and um, it, it's really cool. And you, you know, it's we're talking about people like putting on like for like that have been with the promotion from day one, and it's like, like I think he's he's winning a lot of people over. Yeah, I love the promo. I mean, it might be my favorite promo of the year. I think after the promo, I, I said to to y'all, just like, 
when they come out with a V2 version of this belt, like, I want, like, parts of this promo, like, like, literally, like, inscribed onto the side plates of the fucking belt. Like, it was a mission, it was a mission statement of what AEW stood for, or was supposed to stand for, and, like, what the belt means. And, like, it was fucking awesome. And, you know, Moxie already has, like, you know, the thing with Kingston and, like, the, uh, you're gonna lose, you have to live with it, and, like, in, like, you know, in the, when he was talking about, uh, Ruthie Kingston and all that kind of stuff, like, that great promo, like, but this might be his best, like, promo ever. And that is saying something for somebody that is a promo of the year contender every single year. Um, he, he knocked out the part, like, at a time when, like, they desperately needed somebody to, <clears throat> to kind of get this shit going that's, like, high up on the food chain to let people know to, like, and kind of, in storyline and also, like, to peek through the veneer of what's going on backstage because, you know, like, this shit, we ain't letting this shit go. We're not letting go of the rope because of the actions of, you know, one or two or three or four people uh, on, on one bad weekend or whatever else. Like, so I, 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 I thought it was great. I really did. Um, and yeah, it was like, I, you could see the, um, the Malay or you could see like in real time, like the people just wishing death upon a promotion thing. And it was over that just like fading away. And it, um, yeah, pretty much, you know, I, you know, I'm, I'm privy to, you know, so, some people that are not really big fans of this promotion. Like they watched the show and they were disappointed. They were just, they were expecting the, the whole thing to go down in flames. And w- when they didn't see those things, wasn't it exciting for them. Like, so, oh, damn. They're still competent, even though like, yeah, they're, they mostly have been competent the whole entire time, man. Yeah. So MJF dropped Sorry to disappoint. <laughs> He's. <laughs> he said he's going to win the title and, and take it to WWE, uh, referencing yeah. Triple H and Nick Khan and Cody Rhodes. Yes. And yes. I think all that stuff is, uh, is this one. As, as Dave said, I, I believe Dave Melzer was like, this was not the week for that promo. <laughs> yeah, he did say something along those lines, yeah. <laughs> Which was funny. Um, but, and he yeah. talked about the, uh, what was it, the, it rhymed, but he was talking about like uh, 2024, obviously, he's saying about that's when the contract ends. But it's some, it, was, it was in rhyme. I can't remember what it was. <laughs> Right. Um, so they announced the tournament of champions. Um, they had, uh, for me, it felt kind of tipped off. Like it was going to be Mox and MJF at the end. Um, yeah. Or that'll be the, the, the thing. So we'll see if that's where it leads. Um, but after that, we had the trios masters as, as we talked about before. Um, then we had um, the, uh, we had uh, Jose the assistant was informing Preston Vance and Andrade wants Vance to come work for him. Uh, Dark Order declined, but he Andrade handed Vance a new crutch. Uh, a lot of people think that this could be like getting Hangman into it with like Roosh and Andrade. So uh, that would be pretty fun. We yes, got a I would love to see ma- them wrestle or him wrestle yeah. either one of them. Had a title match um, or eliminator match with Tony Storm and Penelope Ford. Uh, weird finish, I believe, on this one, if I if I remember right. But uh, this was this was oh okay. yeah yeah she went for a, you know she did one of those stalling uh, Dolph Ziggler s DDTs and like um <clears throat> she didn't rotate enough she didn't like rotate like close enough to the ground so it looked weird it looked it looked like. It didn't look like a DDT. It looked as if like more like a slam from Penelope, but they had, but you know, like you watch enough Tony Storm, you're getting hella tornado or elevated DDTs. So um, that was a finish, but it, yeah, but that was it. It was awkward looking, yeah. 
So we had um, the tournament champions. It was Darby and Sammy on one portion, uh, and then they announced Hangman and Danielson uh, for that show. Um, <clears throat> and then Jericho and Moxley had buys. So uh, the acclaim came out uh, with Billy Gunn, and they were immediately cut off by Swerve, so that Max wasn't able to rap. Uh, Swerve came out by himself. He said the idea of those guys as the tag team champions is a joke, and they talk, built up their rematch uh, for Grand Slam. So uh, a lot of people think the belts are changing hands here. <coughs> it could happen. It could happen. I think it'd be a mistake. Do tell. Oh, well, once I get the belts, who are, who are they feuding with after that? The ass boys? Ass, the ass boys. Now, think of the matches you've, you've seen with uh, Swerve and Lee as tag team champions. Now think of what another ass boys versus uh what's it called uh versus the acclaim match will look like. I'll say this. I think there are a lot of people that had no idea what they watched at the pay-per-view. And the evidence of that is asking the wrestlers about audibling <laughs> during the match. <laughs> Good point. They have no idea what they watched, and it would be you can do whatever you want with Swerve and Lee. They're going to be great as a tag team. They'll be great as singles. True. Um, <clears throat> the acclaimed, I feel like one day should win the championships. I agree. I feel like they should be made to come back <clears throat> to get back to them. Much like we were talking about, like the story of is before this even before like um, even before like that press conference. Their part of the press conference, the far less controversial part of the press conference, where. Tony Khan basically in front of him said, like, it should be a rematch. Like, I thought after the match, like, okay, send them to come, send them on a journey to level up and then come back and take the belts off of Swerve in your glory, Swerve in our glory, if you will. That, that's perfectly fine. But coming right back to it immediately is like, and, and also, like, people, the thing is like, they're in, in New, New York, York, blah, 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 blah. It's like, okay, bro. And then what? The ass boys. Like, yeah, I I I think they're no gonna thanks, win, but no like, thanks like, for me. I'm I'm not I'm not privy to anything. Um, obviously, you know, I'll, I'll make my um, I'll be transparent. I am not like I don't ask <laughs> for heads up or to, to be tipped off or anything. I didn't know when uh, they were winning the belts, so um, you know, I think Caster is probably going to have like the mother of all his his raps um, on. Um, the Grand Slam show, they had been cutting them off every week, and people really want want him to get into it. So I'm sure he'll have something prepared. But um, I think they're changing the belts. I don't think they should. Um, but they they've backed themselves in, into this corner now. There's no reason they had to book this now. They could have like still like drawn with this later on. As well, but I don't know about you know, back it is to what the it corner because it's like <clears throat> you can always beat them. And what what are they gonna do? Like what are they gonna do? They're gonna like because you know there's always a part where like Lee and Swerve haven't officially turned heel yet. So like you could have them like cheat to keep the title and that still protects um that still mm-hmm. protects the acclaim for them to come back and you know th- you know revolution or some shit like that, right? Or you know February, whatever you want to call it. So that's not it's not the worst thing in the world, but it's like. All right, like, bro, do you would you rather see, would you rather want to see like the Young Bucks versus the Acclaimed or the Young Bucks 
versus Swerve in Our Glory? Would you rather see FTR versus versus Swerve in Our Glory or FTR versus the Acclaim? Would you rather? We already saw a Lucha Bros match. Like they they gave him like twelve minutes and had to just to hold him under four and a half stars. Imagine that match. It went five more fucking minutes. Like I'm sorry. Like the acclaimed, um, especially like given the time where we are now with the, the the division, like they're a good number two babyface tag team, or maybe even number three babyface tag team in that division. And that doesn't mean like they shouldn't win; they should win eventually. But like, I the time isn't right for them right now, especially because all the stuff you can still do with Swerve and Lee. Because like, once they lose the titles, what is Swerve and Lee going to do? They've been they've, they've they've proven too valuable to not put them on TV. Yeah, I, I'm i going to predict them retaining the championships, and I don't think people will be happy, but they're going to have to learn how to live well, with that good. one. Because, be, because for, when they do it, they'll probably be turning heel, the, so then eventually like, they can finally, you know, because think about it, right? They do a Young Bucks match. Who's going to who's gonna be the person, who's going to be the team that's going to be the face team? Swerve and Glory versus Young Bucks. Who's uh, going to be the face team? I guess the Bucks will be the baby the faces at, FTR at, at this versus point. Swerve and Glory. Who's going to be the baby face team? FTR. I would say FTR. So, since they're already, like, you know, showing heel tendencies, officially do it at, and screw over the baby faces there or whatever else, and then they can come back in a year, or not a year, but come back in a few months and possibly win it. But it's like, <clears throat> nah, man, I'm sorry. Like, they just beat the Lucha Bros in, like, in less than 20 minutes. Like, I, I, I'm sorry. Like, I don't want to – there's no role I ever want to see the Acclaim beat uh, the Lucha Bros in, in, in that – nah. No. That don't sound that don't sound fucking ridiculous to you. Yeah, um, I understand they're over. I don't. I don't mean they it that way. Very they're over, very, very the way. over. But I, <laughs> they are very over. But I don't think it's like a oh they're going to be like the tag team for the next five years. I, I just don't. I don't see it. Like maybe if Castro was, was a lot better, I would I could see it because Bones is good enough to make it happen. But like I think Castro's so far behind him that it's like it's going to be a carry job. Um. And like it will get old eventually. Yeah, um, should be probably the uh, if you take the world title out of the mix, and I, I feel like the world title is kind of tipped off. This is like the, the match I think a lot of people were looking forward to. So um, Jericho says that uh, he did what Ponce De Leon could not. He found the fountain of youth. Uh, I fucking love this guy. Um, he said um, he's going to win the championship back because no one can take his locker room away from him. Feels like he's kind of speaking in code there. Yes, um, exactly what it was. <laughs> so, Moxie and Jericho all all show was talking in code. Yep. Um, so like you Sammy, idiots sitting at home, you will not fuck this up for us. We are not going. We are not working for this. We are not working for Triple H slash Vince McMahon on the tuck. We're not doing that. Chris Jericho knows like, there is no future in front. Like, <laughs> um, so Sammy then said he was going to beat Darby in the tournament. We had Warlow and Tony Nice. <clears throat> I would have liked to see something here, but Warlow just beat the shit out of him. Um, killed him basically. Um, and he got pulled out by Josh Woods. Warlow said he's going to remind everybody why he's the champion. He hears everybody talking. The war dogs fell off. He's, he's cold. He's all this other stuff. And it's like, why even admit this? Like, yeah, why even say this? I, like, I, I, I thought that, and then my response was, well, if you want to say that, then you better have a, you better be able to answer with something like a hot program, and like Josh Briggs is not it. <clears throat> and yeah, um, after that, we had Hangman Page versus Brian Danielson, and I was 
back into the show at this point. I saw Hangman come out, kind of got a weird reaction. Uh, Paige is kind of like in no man's land, I think, right now. Um, and then they also came out, looked at the title, and these guys had an awesome match. I would probably yep. go like four and a half on it. Yeah. Um, yep. Like they just they fucked each other up. They were they were working very hard. Brian ended up winning with a, a O'Connor roll reversal with a bridge. Um, this was this was excellent. This was just like ah, breath of fresh air. So for me, um, I personally think that like they are now officially like the greatest in-ring combination and singles in AEW history. Like, because f- four and three quarters to, to five, four and three quarters to five, and now four and a half. Like, I think they're just phenomenal together. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, for me, I, I you know, just incredible match. Like, few, I mean, that's few to your contender because they got two of them this, they got two of them in this yeah. year. Yeah. 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 Um, um just outstanding work from from Danielson. Outstanding work. For, outstanding work from from Page as usual. Like when calling in a big spot. And um, I will say this though. Like the second they put the match, I was like, "Oh, Dave's is winning. Dave's is winning. He's getting this one back." Uh, no, no, I'm not against it because you always do more. Um, as uh, <laughs> Black Saber Virginia is saying, like now they got to do an Osaka Joe Hall for two and three falls. Uh, <laughs> but because they're one one and one now. But um, yeah, I just uh. I, I thought that it was a great match and like, you know, with the with the trios match, um, also on the card, I thought it was just like they killer show. Just a killer show. Yeah. Um, like just the vibes were incredible, um, on this night. So um we had a vignette for Jungle Boy said that Christian uh has to get surgery, but when he comes back he's gonna take years off his life. Uh, so uh, he said he carried Luchasaurus for several years. I feel like an anchor has been lifted off of him. Um, after that, we got uh, Stokely uh, on the stage with his group. Uh, they basically told him, like, hey, man, we short. We got to cut this shit off. And then they beat the fuck out of some stage hand. Um, yeah. All the goons there with them. And then we got um, the ROH Pure Championship uh, in the main event. Wheeler Yuta defending against Daniel Garcia. Um, and this thing, like, uh, Daniel Garcia comes out with West Side Gun, and for the city of Buffalo, and as far as, like, people talk about moments in pro wrestling and things like that, this felt so Buffalo that, <laughs> like, that, I imagine if I was someone from Buffalo, I would be very happy, um, uh, you know, that my city was represented with my wrestler there, with our big rap artist there, and, uh, I thought it was a really cool embrace because like West side guns kind of been like wanting to be embraced uh, for, to, to say it in light terms um, <laughs> by AEW is uh, shown up in NXT before and sat front row and uh, talked and stuff like that. But uh, this like, this really felt like really dope when I was watching, I was like, Oh, this feels big time. Yeah. And he got to rap about crack on television, James. Yeah. There's that too. Um, this whole fucking album is about crack. <laughs> okay, okay, little flip. Uh, so yeah, I um, I thought it was cool. Uh, I'm not, you know, I don't really listen to uh, <laughs> over listen to Westside Gun and them, but uh, like I I I get it. Um, to to a certain extent, so I, I thought it was cool that they you know they brought out the you know they brought out Westside Gun to do that with, with Dan Garcia. Um, and th- th- as far as the match. 
um, getting to the match, like I thought it was another great Garcia Yuta match. And um, I think I like their Ring of Honor pay-per-view match from Netflix Honor more. Uh, Same. But this match is still great nonetheless. And like, um, I mean, like, just a great show, man. Just really great show. And Garcia wins in front of his hometown. And like, yeah, keep in mind, like ever since Rampage started up, like this dude has been in so many main events and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, even at times I was like, yo, I understand the point of making, uh, doing this to make new stars, blah, 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 blah. But like, at, at what point, what is like the, um, what is the point where you, you know, either, you know, level him up or move on from it? It felt like he was in this part where like they were building credibility with the fans that this dude can, you know, go and obviously beat Danielson a couple weeks ago, um, even an injured returning Danielson. But I, I, I was wondering like, what is it building towards? And this was it. And like, I was happy for it because I, you know, like Dan Garcia, like Russell was like, this shit's right on my alley. So, um, I, you know, I really enjoyed the match and like, you know, uh, they can do a million Garcia and you to matches a million. They were, they were looking to the future on this. Yeah. And like it's very much like, uh, 2020, early 2020, we were seeing Darby and Guevara. It yep. felt like that. Or it's like, Oh, these people, like they're going to have like a million matches and like over the next, you know, five years, whatever else. And like, you're in on the first couple of them. Yeah. Um, these are these guys are already career rivals. Um, I would say they're gonna keep going for years and years with it, which is really cool. But as far as like you know the the undertone of the show was like, all right, it's we're gonna like invest back into the company and like the it's it's a it's looking towards the future, which is like I think a big thing like um like with it is you know a lot of fans like yo i want to see the next people like who's like the the rises of these people these people who's who haven't had their story told so this was like really cool to see them uh in that spot so um but moving on further um from that like will you drops the title kind of you know playing subtle heel in this match um which is cool and then at the end um uh, brian nelson strapped the belt around um daniel garcia's uh, waist uh, had it all kind of cocked to the side and shit, so it was uh, kind of funny. But Jericho was like pissed when he was looking yes. at that. So and, and, and like Danielson was happy because like that's that's the only reason why he really did it was to piss off Jericho. <laughs> yep. Or seemingly because Jer- like he had the biggest shit in the room. Like look, I'm look how mad I got this fucker. <laughs> yep. So that led to Rampage, which had Unicorn. Um, <laughs> <laughs> imagine. Led to, led to Rampage, which uh, opened up with Sammy Guevara and Darby Allen on it. Um, now they didn't uh, they didn't have a match to their normal level. They still had a really good match, um, but Sammy ended up getting a win after um, some interference. Uh, they were they did like a condensed version of like their normal matches. <laughs> yeah, they did a condensed like watered down version of the normal matches where they didn't take nearly the amount of same amount of risk. And like, I was watching it and like, I was, oh, okay. Like this is like the, they're like, Gar, Gar, Gar is winning. Like they're doing the whole part of like, they're trying to get him heat as opposed to like trying to have a killer match. I was like, okay, cool. But like, I wanted the killer match. So I was disappointed. Um, but it was a good match. I went very good match. I think I stopped short of that, but whatever. Um, and like, I forgot who which one it was, whether it was Anna or it was Ty that like ran interference on the ref and then I think it was I think Anna I think Anna ran, ran interference on the ref and then Ty came in uh and kicked 
uh, Darby and the Dick. Uh, yeah. Um, no, I know I'm confusing. He, there was they did the random traction reference in that match, and they then used that also in the Moxie match week or next week. But yeah, um, Guevara won, and then Guevara like, I guess was it Road Two Show? Yes. The Road 2 show he, he talked about, he said he said some stuff about Dave Meltzer and not getting five stars and whatever, and friends and getting stars or whatever else, and then talked about how he's going to win the AEW world title, which I thought was fucking hilarious. <laughs> uh, I, was, I, was knee, I was knee deep in the agenda at this point. You know, Man, that's, that was a real loser. <laughs> that was a real loser. There wasn't a chance, and fuck. Uh, so, yeah, man, um, so what was what was after that? So we had um, Smart Mark and uh, Josh Woods. They confronted Samoa Joe, so ah, they were right. setting up a match for the following week, um, or the match will happen uh, tonight or that same. No, 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 the following week. So yeah, um, we had Madison Rain and Serena Deeb. This was terrible. Um, Coach Madison Rain strikes out again. Um. And this was like this was so slow. Like this was like like it was so slow that I thought DJ Screw should have been at the top, like DJ Pretty Dragon at Stardom and Showcase. Um, <laughs> yes, wake him up from the dead and pull him out uh, for this match. Uh, I'm I'm so tired of like this. Like this is horrible. Like uh, I'm not. I'm not. It, it was it was it was not good at all. Um, Serena won. Oh, you thought I you you thought you would pause to have me add something? I have nothing to add. Indeed. Um <clears throat> so they showed Jade backstage. Um she was talking shit like normal. Um they have nothing. <laughs> they they have no evolution on what they have. They're stuck in water. I don't know if it's until red velvet comes back or what, but like they're just stuck in a holding pattern. Um, Lexi's with Hobbs. Uh, she asked him about his surprising victory, which he took exception to. He did not find it surprising at all, nor did the people who watched and saw him win in mere minutes in a one-sided squash, essentially. Um, and he said he's going to show the world the book of Hobbs. Then we got Claudio Castagnoli versus Dax Harwood. This was okay. Um, it's pretty good. Yeah. Like, uh, I thought they... I figured it would have had a better match than this. I thought they could have done better, um, but I guess it's a late night. They they gave him plenty of time. Uh, Dax's one man um, mission to finish eighth in the Wrestling Observer's uh, most outstanding continues uh, for having his nice little three and a half star match, whatever. Um, and where were you? Where were you at? Where were you actually put him? Honorable mention. No, so outside the top ten. Yes, for sure. I mean, that's kind of where I put him too. Yeah, but I, I, think, I think I think a lot I think of people we'll, I think a lot of people think like he's going to do so particularly well because like he's he's he, <clears> he's on American television. But it's like, nah, man. Like three people from Stardom finishing the top ten last year. Get let, let, let me tell you what's going to happen again this fucking year. Like look, so, like, um, like you've got a lot. Like you've got AW candidates in front of him. New Japan candidates. We got New Japan candidates. <laughs> you might sneak a WWE candidate right. on there. Right. At this point. Like someone's um, going to somebody's going to get Seth Rollins like hella votes. It's yeah. going to happen. Uh, he he will so be honorable mention. He uh, yeah, honorable mention. You're you're hearing it here right. first. Um 
But yeah, this was like, you know, it was cool. No, I, when um, I said, I meant honorable mention, I meant like Seth will get honorable mention. So like, there'll be people taking, like, so from that pot of people that actually vote for him, there's going to be a lot of people taking from him. So like, I think Dax, like, and quite frankly, like the things that are holding him up for, uh, for, for, uh, most outstanding is like his fucking tag team match. It was like, no, that dude's not, finif- that, he has no chance of finishing top five. None. 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 Like, like he finishes your top best, five. Oh, your, be- like, oh, your best matches were, were top five? Where did Kenny Omega finish in 2020? Uh, he won. In 2020? Yes. Okay. You want to compare Kenny Omega's 2020 to... I, no. I wouldn't do that if, oh, if, oh, if oh, I were... Okay. If I were um, a, I wouldn't look those those stats up if yeah. I was a, okay. a, a Dax Harwood supporter. Me neither. Stay stay clearer of those. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, after that show, I was I was kind of deflated like by that main event. I was like, man, I, I still want to watch some wrestling or whatever. So James then recommended me to watch the nine four Stardom show. And yeah. uh, that was I, that was the the Stardom show from that weekend where they actually tried. Yeah, so or I tried watched, hard. I think I watched like five or six matches on that. So yeah, uh, and, and I was like smiling ear to ear afterwards like man i love this promotion like in just like the the lightning fast nature of it i thought shuri Himeka was phenomenal um I, I was all into it like just just up and down the show yeah yeah i did you watch that one first and then cherry picked after that yes yeah 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 because yeah. i remember like i don't know if it's an order or whatever i was like yeah watch this match and then after that it was like then you were like damn like <laughs> tam dropped nika right on her head <laughs> <laughs> yeah there were, uh, there were a lot of a lot of matches on that card i liked i didn't yeah. know if we we're gonna do a full review i just wanted to mention it but um uh after that we had the next week uh, of dynamite which was last week's show uh yeah. this was in albany historically a wwe town uh, i believe our buddy dave fennishel was in the building so he actually got to see a, a pretty good show here um so uh, we began uh, with John Moxley versus Sammy Guevara. I was all fired up. I was ready to go uh, for, for this one. This was an excellent match. I would probably go four stars on it. Um, they fought- Were you watching on a feed? They didn't have commercial breaks? No, I had commercial breaks. Huh. Okay. Yeah. Um, but all throughout those commercial breaks, uh, Moxley was like laid out on the um, – the, the announce table and Sammy was like mounting them with punches and stuff. And um, besides that, uh, they, I think Sammy really needed this uh, as far as like his own credibility in the company and uh, just reminding people what he does well, because a lot of people come out here and lie about this guy. Like he's not like real in the ring. And um, I thought uh, this was, this was a good match for him to, uh, to, to have here and Mox like look strong as ever. Uh, in this one, so uh, he faked a nap during a chop battle, which is pretty funny. Um, they did a lot of good near falls. Um, did the Spanish fly? Uh, there a lot, a lot of good spots here. You thought Tay and um, and uh, Anna Jay were gonna gonna fuck them, and uh, they did some good near falls there. It was uh, funny, like not for one single solitary second. I think that like, oh my god, he beat John Moxley. Who has John Moxley been pinned by in this company? CM Punk, Kenny Omega, with via cheating, and who else? The Bucks. The Bucks. I think that's it. Yeah, I think that's it. Yeah, that's 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 close to it. Like I, I was so for me, I was like, I'm not buying it. But the crowd popped when I and I was I laughed at the crowd. I was like, y'all really? <laughs> Are y'all new here? <laughs> but 
whatever. Uh, but yeah, the crowd really liked the, uh, the near falls at the end. But um, yeah, I thought it was a um, I thought it was a, a very good match. Um, I was I was stopped sort of calling it great, but I thought it was a very good match. Um, after that, we had um, Excalibur saying MJF was causing a scene. He demanded a mic, uh, so he comes out. Um, and he's basically said he's not the kid who faced a oh, big reaction, by the way, of course. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> they wanted to cheer him as a baby face. Obviously it's still New York and he just came out and immediately was trying, trying to kill, kill him off. And he was telling the insults, but it's a lot of the, it was a lot of the, like, um, the, you're th- fat stuff. I, I think Meltzer, stuff. I think Meltzer misdescribed it, right? Like he described it as like. Um, the crowd wasn't putting up with, or the crowd just wasn't having it. It was more like the, nah, man, like we like you, you call us, you call us mean things, whatever. So you're saying that we're low class, whatever else. And like, yeah, we kind of are. We take that as a term of endearment. Like yeah, his- it's not necessarily, I don't think it was necessarily MJF doing it as much as like, he'd have been like, oh, like if Moss came out, I love all you scumbags out here tonight. And they'd be like, yay, we're scumbags. Cause. And I think I this know. is like what I was, what I was getting at when I was saying his promo is like, Post his promo, which took him to another place, people do not like. I don't think. Well, I I don't think they're reacting well to his normal standard MJF like heel stuff, like the you're fat stuff. Like mm-hmm. it, he feels like he's more important than that. But it's like he's opened up this can of worms and he's getting these these reactions. And I don't know if it's a good or bad thing because if it's me. I don't cast the promotion as the heel promotion that someone gets to rebel against. Uh, at that, that's a heel uh, because it's just going to fuck a lot of things up. Mm-hmm. But uh, and when he when he starts dropping into the character stuff on Moxley, he said, "You know, I'm not the kid who Moxley faced in 2020. He's not playing a character. Moxley is, and he's a joke." MJF said Moxley built a good character, and they buy it, but he doesn't. He knows Moxie's the same scared little boy and will drown in his troubles and alcohol like a drunk. Yeah, he basically he's from he was, the stuff from his book, from Moxie's book about how like he um some kids beat his ass and took his bike one time. Yeah. Uh he warned Chris Jericho and Danielson uh, saying, you know, that bad things happen when they get an MJF's way, so stay away from him. Uh, he said when he came back from rehab, he, he beat his demons and he commends them for that. But if he doesn't tread lightly, he'll be the demon that Moxley can't beat. Um, and no, 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 it, no. It just said feels the, the, the demon that you can't slay. You cannot okay. slay. Yeah, because people made uh, made jokes about like the, the meme, memed up the you can't slay thing into like into my MJF saying talking about slaying. And I, uh, you wow. know, and I thought it was fucking hilarious. So yeah, it was specifically you can't slay. Yeah, this just all felt like a step down. Like it was for lazy. Him. It was and common denominator stuff. Well, the same dribble that we heard like when they had McIntyre go out there and talk about Roman's cancer, say he's gonna he's tougher than Roman's cancer. It's like get get fucked, bro. Like it, it, I understand what you're trying to do, but I, I I have no interest in it whatsoever. Like and it brought like the reactions down. <clears throat> Like, and it, the thing is, he's getting the reactions by being this, like, anti-guy. So, it's weird. It's like, damn, does he, like, slip back into doing this, uh, like, this shtick stuff that I feel like is just, like, one note and flat kind of him. And it's like, he almost needs to evolve again. It's, you know, it's not his fault his storyline got blown up. Uh, and, and now everything he has to kind of pivot to with Moxley, it don't quite hit the way it would against someone else. But, mm-hmm. um and he brought out um, Stokely Hathaway. Full years in Jersey, right? Yes. Okay. 
Uh, MJF brought out Stokely Hathaway, um, and he said this has been his best friend since he was 19 years old. Um, he said that Stokely said that he couldn't quit AEW. He's gonna you'd be giving the fans what they want, and I'm like, no one wants him to quit AEW, whatever. Um, then basically, uh, MJF leaves. Like he, yeah. he disappears as to not be seen with these people. Um, and then Stokely says all of his henchmen are on retainer and whenever MJF doesn't need them, they'll go their separate ways. Um, this is a very long promo here. Um, Stokes said he's, uh, everything he's done to AEW has been strategic from hanging out with Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter to watching living single with the house of black. Um, which was funny. She was fucking hilarious. Can you imagine? <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> He then hugged W. Morrissey, which is fucking hilarious. Yeah. Um, he said Lee Moriarty is going to bring honor back to um, the, the ROH Pure title. The Gun Club wants the tag team belts. They actually got a reaction. And, they, and then they said something along the lines of like beating up their dad again or something, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, they beat up their own daddy. Uh, and Ethan Page wants the All-Atlantic title. They're the firm. Uh, and People can run with them or run from them. I thought this was really long. Um, the crowd didn't seem to really be into this. Um, it's almost as if like these guys aren't established stars, and all of them are like have to get it get it on their own, like or improving like throughout this thing they're gonna have to earn it. Like I, I thought, MJF was gonna be directly tied with these guys. It would have made it would have helped them out a whole hell of a lot more, because especially especially when it's like he has the he hasn't paid on retainer. Well, then like why don't you stay in the ring while he's cutting his promo guy like. What are you doing? Like, don't they need to protect him or something? I don't know, but no, I just um, felt like it'd have been obviously more effective if like you have him and Stokely going on a list because obviously like if you two are masterminding all this thing for him to protect you and then disperse at a moment's notice, then like I understand what you're going for, but we also know that like this is your these are all your heaters. Like you not being yeah. there doesn't help get him over, get them over, or you over. Um, it's a tall task. It was this is a tall task, and like. I don't know, man. Like I'm, I'm looking at Stokely, and like they're asking them to do a lot. I won't, I won't say they're not, um, but I, I've been told this to a lot. They're asking them to do too much. Like, they, like it's not like this wasn't like I, I didn't think this was good without MJ um, without MJF like without MJF there for this. It 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 is it's not going to work. Yeah, and. I don't know. Like obviously, because like he's gonna win the title, and then all you know is gonna be it's gonna be them protecting the title for him for like a year or some shit like that. Yeah, um, I don't know, man. Not not seeing it um, here. So uh, hopefully they can win me over. But um, yeah, not seeing it. Uh, we had Jungle Boy and Jay Lethal, and this was just a match. This was just all right. It was pretty good. Like I didn't. I, I thought. Jungle Boy needed to look kind of stronger here, but you know Christian's gone. They've they've kind of plucked him and then just dropped him in there with Jay Lethal. I feel like this needed to be better. I thought it was pretty good. Um, I thought they probably have a better match, but still a good match nonetheless. They had a training video. Jungle Boy got the win um, on, on Jay Lethal. Um. We got a training video of Hook and Action Bronson for next week. Bronson said Daddy Magic and Angelo are going to get their ass kicked. Um, so Action Bronson, I believe, regularly trains. So hopefully it's short and entertaining. It has no business going longer than four minutes. <laughs> Indeed. Um, so Alex Marvez backstage then. He said he couldn't wait for Grand Slam. 
He then introduces the Big Apple's premier pizza maker and wrestler, Luigi Primo, a, a finesser of the year candidate, if there ever was one. Bro, um, this man, I, I counted it. I counted it. He was on, he was literally on the screen for four seconds. So Not five, is, uh, four. So my name is is Luigi Primo Bow. It's Luigi Primo Bow. Yes, it was just <laughs> fucking fantastic. Like, I, I don't know about you. But, like, this is the kind of shit I like about pro wrestling when, like, people get their ass beaten ways that pop me. Like, in funny ways. Like, when someone gets jumped and they get their ass whooped backstage. I love that kind of stuff. I wish there was more of that kind of backstage where it's like, look, man, I, I'm about to fight this dude eventually. Like, nah, let me put my hands on them now. Why not? If it all it does is build interest. People, well, whatever. Like, he beat, he whooped the geek. They brought the geek out from the Indies or whatever else, wherever he was, where he was doing the, the piece of dough spinning gimmick or whatever else. And man, like, a star is born. Like, they should do this, like, every other week. Like, bring in, not, not necessarily Luigi Primo, bring in some person that does some goofy thing. If you want to bring in, like, the Michael Jackson guy or whatever else, Bro, bring him in. Moving cloud. Give him, give him a big boot. A lot, of people like, a lot of people like to talk about what breaks through in pro wrestling, right? And mm-hmm. whatever's mainstream and what people like the people that don't watch wrestling are texting us about the Luigi Primo stuff. Yeah. Like this goofy thing broke through, like and those people know who the fuck this guy is. Right. Because it's like cause it's fucking hilarious. Like, why is this fucking guy that's with a piece in his hand is on his wrestling show and he just got literally was on here to say his name and then like was immediately like Sent no, to before the sh- that. Sent to the shadow realm. But before that, I, I mean, like the reason why he even got to come on oh, the yeah, show. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like, 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 pe- like people A like to talk about ago. like what's what's mainstream like right. acceptance and stuff like this. Mm-hmm. It's the stupid stuff. Yes, like, it is. The, the Luigi Primo stuff. Yep. Like, like five years the- ago, six years ago, it would have been like, ooh, uh, it would have been like, uh, oh, Jerry Ryan's doing dick spot. Before we find right. out, you know, Jerry Ryan's piece of shit. But you get my point. Like, it'd be like. Oh, who the fuck is this person out here like bumping on Legos? You know, stuff like that. It's it's never you know the actual best wrestlers in the world that like get, get people to watch. <laughs> like it's, it's it's fucking weird, bro. It's weird. Like the best wrestlers are like the best promos. Like Eddie Kingston has been been like that level of promo for however many years, right? There's not one NWA promo I saw from from uh from 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 Eddie Kingston that broke through. It just he's on this platform now and he's great now. That not to knock against him, but like. It's always weird things that go viral and like accept that and like if you want to put that on or whatever else like they put it on for four seconds to pop you as someone that would see that crazy thing that you saw on TikTok or on on Twitter and that's the end of it and, it's and a he got, good he got way to just probably be... put on stage and thrown off and, and discarded in like ten seconds or actually less than cool. seconds four seconds so, so like, I, don't know, a... I don't know what the point of hating it for because like if you were somebody that hates that kind of wrestling they. Presented him and beat his ass and fought in four <laughs> seconds. You should love this. Send all the send all the crazy look. Send every single DDT ass motherfucker over here and get and, and all the dudes from what was it pheromone. Send every single one of them in their speedos when they're in, doing their rapey thing and have and have people demolish them in seconds. Why not? I find it's, that to be funny. It was it was pretty funny. Um, and if you were an AEW wrestler, like getting upset at this, which you know you saw people on Twitter just like boohooing that Luigi Primo got on TV, get over. How about that? Like, or or, or, or. do you want do you want his slot? You want his slot? If not, show up and get booted up. in the face. Shut the fuck up. 
TV oh. time is not that sacred to be out here. Oh my god, someone came out here and got fucking embarrassed like an all time geek. Come on now. Oh man. Um. Uh, yeah. Frankie has it right. He gets wrestling. All of wrestling, moreover. Um. So they showed a Darby Allen video with his work from Nitro Circus, backflipping a tricycle like an insane person. Yeah. Um. Matt Hardy puts him over, called him one of his greatest rivals. Challenged Darby to a match, mentioned his brother. So it feels like Jeff may be on his way back soon. Um, Has it been 12 weeks? Um, I will have to count. Uh, Hobbs basically uh, squashed some dude named Matt DiMartino, uh, spine buster. And basically he uh, came up with his mouth busted off of spine buster. Like, bro, how, like unlucky are, how unlucky are you? Yeah. So Hobbs got got on the mic, said it only took him four minutes to beat Ricky at All Out. Um, it's in time for a new chapter in the book of Hobbs. Richie starts, comes through the crowd. Crowd's like trying are giving him the we want Ricky's like they're trying to will it into existence there. Uh, Ricky hits the ring and he spiked Hobbs in the head with the mic and um, Hobbs, re- Hobbs retreated from him. Before um, that happened, were you fearful that he was about to get hoed again? No, I I was like, oh, I wonder what's about to happen here. I was fearful that Ricky Starks was going to get hold again. I really was. So um, they've got a match uh, at Grand Slam. So uh, we'll see which way this goes. uh, For I I think Ricky Starks just beats him as quickly as Starks beat him at the pay per view, and then from there we'll have to wonder like what happens next for Hobbs. Where does he go from here after that? I. I would say um, I think Hobbs is ceiling his monster of the month. Um, he can hope to be That's that. What it feels like, yeah. Um, and as far as Ricky, um, I've mentioned it. I'm not sold on him as this like close your eyes, no doubt about it, main eventer. Um, so we'll we'll have to see. I, I need to see him in the ring opposite. Like, like I feel like you know in WWE, be like, yo, we need to put such and such in there with Randy Orton mm-hmm. and see if he can hang. Like, all at right, I need right to put now, you McIntyre. <laughs> right, I need I need to put this person across the ring from Kenny Omega and see if like I buy it at all. Uh-huh. You at a main event level, like, and the answer is to be seen. I'm not saying he can't do it, mm-hmm. but I think right now he's a nice t- ten minute TV wrestler. So uh, we'll see ab- about anything else. So um, I think jumping out there and crowning him prematurely is a bit much. Um, I think that. Um- I wonder what hills you could get for him right now. Um, like to have a program with like after the hops thing, like, you know, cause I, I could see him like, I think like him basically be like selling. It's into, like, Sammy. T- Sammy is his guy. These guys are lifelong friends. Are you doing the shit? thing? No. Oh, okay. Like they're like, they came up together in Texas. One yeah. of them's a super baby face. The mm-hmm. other one is actually one of the only heels that actually gets heel reactions in the promotion. Mm-hmm. This is the, they stylistically, they have what each other needs right now. Like, I don't Sammy know. Cause I don't, tons I, of, I, I, I think as far as the match, sure. Right. Sure. I, I, I think Guevara has, I, I think he has like, um, it feels like he has. It feels he feels soulless when he talks in the mic, and that can change. But it feels like uh, I it's like I say like these sophomore type of things. I'll beat your ass, and then I'll move on. And that's all he really has as far as like what material um, in front of a live crowd, a live mic. Um, but if if he, you know, obviously you mentioned the Ricky Stars connection, maybe he has more. 
uh, more material in terms of that so, to play with. But, um, I, but I was going to say it's like as far as Starks, I would settle him in and like put him in someone that's like in the TNT title division. Um, obviously, he can't or he probably shouldn't pursue it vocally right now with Wardlow there. But like once he gets back on the hill, the next baby face to come up for it should probably be Starks. Right. Um, <clears throat> after that, we had Swerve in Our Glory against the Lucha Brothers. This was like a seven-minute match. This is awesome. Um, <laughs> this featured a Canadian destroyer to Keith Lee, a Spanish fly off the top. Uh, tons of just like after like when this came back from from break, it was like yo, we have X amount of time to like to, to score as many points as we can, and it was like. You know when um you're doing like that shooting game in the arcade, and then like the last ten seconds, like it's worth like three points each shot, and it's like flashing, and it counts for more. That's what it was like when this match came back from from break. Match is great. Um, I gave four and a quarter. Um, uh, how long did it go? You said you think I think it only went seven twelve. I yeah, think. They, I, I, I thought, went four on it. I I thought the match was incredible. I it felt like to me it felt like more than four minutes or more than uh, seven minutes. But I thought the match was incredible. And like I, I watched matches like why didn't this go ten more minutes? Um, and yeah, you know, I I want to see them wrestle again. I do. I do. So, like, you know, they got this in, got these guys another defense here. feels like, uh, I, I'm going to say it, it feels like something they were trying to do in case, you know, they were going to drop the, the straps. They had to get this match in at least. Um, but I don't know, man. It's That one's up in the air. Very unpredictable. I don't know which way it's going. And um, I, don't know we'll you, I don't know how you see them, those four, do that do that kind of damage in seven minutes and be like, oh, yeah, it, it's time to put it on the team that, like, with one guy that's really good and the other one is not. They're selling a lot of merch, and they're very popular. So, uh, and they actually had a great match. So, um, I, Who did they have a great I, match with? They had a great match with Swerve and Lee. I, Who I, they I had a great think, match with besides them? They had a pretty good match with the Young Bucks. Which is, you know, think about what that sounds like when you say the some greatest, shit like that. The greatest hands in history, yeah. Yes, you know. Um, All right, be careful what you wish for. You just might get it. Had a good match with the ass boys. I like the dumpster match, but you know, it's a gimmick match or whatever. Exactly. But, um, you know, I like historically. I believe I had a conversation with Dave Fennishell about this, and it was like these have been work rate belts uh, from the fucking jump. And the second this you put it on, they, they will not be. That, like this would be a departure from that, uh, from the history of these belts. And is it the worst thing in the world? No, no, you no, could. because like especially especially now when you have the trios, the trios uh, or death triangle with the trios belts to like take care of all that shit. Like right, if if, if whatever else, but it will be a clear like line in the sand of like we went from the you know we went from these guys to to this. Yeah. So like, and it would be like a, a different kind of thing. And, New era, yeah. Uh, it would be a different kind of thing, and it could always go back. But um, sure, eventually it's going to happen. I, I'm warning everyone now. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I think it's going to happen. I just wouldn't do it now. So we had uh, Britt Baker and Serena Deeb taking on Tony Storm and Athena, and good I don't match. really, remember, I don't really remember much about this. This is a good match. Uh, probably, I mean, probably something three and a quarter to three and a half. And, like, it's it's the same simple formula. Put B- Baker in tag matches. Put her in tag matches. 
single sing, mixed results. But basically, like with her um, in there with Serena, you end up getting obviously uh, you get Serena in there with Athena, and they're very good together. And um, then you have Tony Storm playing on the stuff she's already done with 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 Brit, and um, then. Britt was going to cheat with a chair, or she did cheat with a chair, um, and she was then going to use it on Tony Storm some more after the match, but um, then Hater took the chair um, from Britt to stop Britt from cheating, uh, still upset that, in a, in that for Britt to, in, to have the audacity in a four-way match to go out there and like break up a pin, I, I don't know. Uh, she's upset and like the swerve was instead of swinging the chair, she swung the chair and you thought she's going to, or she caught the chair back. You thought she was going to swing it at Brit. She ended up swinging it at Tony Storm and leaving. Um, and Brit is still like remorseful and saying, I'm sorry, even after she leaves. So, so yeah, I just, um, it was, it was good match. The, but like, it feels like, I don't know. I, I think maybe they're turning, they're trying to turn Jamie Hader baby face, but I don't know what they're actually doing because, like, why would you hit the baby face then? Um, that was downed already. Uh, I don't know what they're doing, but obviously they're clearly setting up a program between Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter, and like, they should be. It should be good. We'll see. So they're doing the uh, the four way match. Uh, I think the the thing about it there is the same women are in this match uh, this week that are going to be in title match next week, which yep. is a lot um but in order to i guess to to do the angle keep it on tv uh i think brit's gonna call or jamie's gonna cause brit the match next week have that's what i the, the belt still on tony storm yep. who then wants to make sure she gets back at this person who hit her with the chair and jamie hater and then they'll do hater and tony storm um right. which will then so lead to, to what happening at brit- the end of that match Brit fucking Jamie Hater, right? <laughs> and then right, exactly. You know, it's on. So, yeah. uh, so like, Jr. so then like, so it will continue like this road of like the champion. It's not the most important thing. The most is not the most important thing around the title picture. It'll be like we're doing all this to benefit Brit, and then like after that, then like what does Tony Storm do? And then and then like we'll look up and then we'll look up and be like, oh, she's not. He hasn't been that fun of a title reign. Like, it, this shit is self-fulfilling prophecy where I'm getting at. Like, they, they whatever, man. Whatever. Uh, Black Saber Jr. says, AEW's found a, a good thing with the formula, the tag, and multi-women women's matches lately, especially putting them with top-level wrestlers in that division and said matches. Uh, hopefully, with Omegaism still thriving, I pray to Lord Taichi that they keep it up. Um, I pray to Lord Taichi with that. So maybe they bring back um they bring back uh Garoshita for uh Tony Storm then. Um I would love to see it. After that we had Or um, Serena Deeb since she's back now. Yeah, she's there. Um so we got after that it was Brian Danielson and Chris Jericho in that uh semifinal um there and this was man, another great match, man. Um Excellent, way better than their pay per view match. Let's uh, pretend that never happened. Yeah, <laughs> and we came on this show and we were I, like, I don't give a that, fuck about Dave Meltzer giving that, that shit four stars. He, he over he, or he overinflated that shit by at least three quarters of a star. Yeah, he um 
he was tripping on that. Um, but this one, uh, I believe it got four and a half, if I'm not mistaken. That's um, what I gave it. So I was like, man, I, you know, whenever Jericho does something great, you know, I'm, I'm out there and letting people know. You know, I was on the timeline and a lot of people were like, you know, they, they were asking for me to, to retweet the video. So I retweet the video, you know, to never count out Chris Jericho. Mm-hmm. About, you've seen the speech, you know. Um, it, but this whole thing, this just fucking ruled. Like, this was just like, <sighs> once again, breath of fresh air. Uh, great big selling, matches. Like, quick pace, pace where I thought, like, I don't think they, I don't think they can sustain it, right? <laughs> like, that's the kind of pace they're moving at as far as uh, they're striking in the ring. Uh, and then um, you have Danielson um, going to work on Jericho's arm. And, and then eventually, like, they do a spot where, like, uh, they tease a vertical suplex uh, from over the rope or in between the ropes. Like, Jericho's going to suplex Danielson out of the ring. Uh, and then uh, Danielson goes down, lands on it, la- takes the, the, the fall, and then he sells his foot and like he takes off his shoe because he, you know, to sell like a broken ankle. And then Jericho goes, you know, after um, medical team, medical person looks at the thing, like Jericho's like, fuck that, like move out the way, I'm going back to work. You haven't awarded me to match, I'm going to kick his ass until you award me to match. Uh, get the, the, um, Bret Hart, um, figure forth, uh, with the, with the, um, ring post. Uh, then you get like, I thought this was brilliant to be quite honest with you, like borderline brilliant, whatever, like bad ankle, bad foot. He slaps on the figure four with like the top leg being the one with the bad foot. And then like with his off leg, he chop, he keeps chopping down over the foot. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Oh God, this is fucking genius. And I, and I loved it. And like, um, then, uh, some, uh, he's on a heel was, hook. Like, Spinning yep. toe hold, yeah, like Dory yeah, Funk Jr. Yeah, yeah, yep, yep. Slow, slow too. Uh, and then at some point, like um, Jericho, like does tr- to mock Danielson, does like the hammer and anvil, anvil elbows, and like Danielson is facing towards the belt, and like Danielson starts no selling and stands up as is happening. Because and then they show they zoom out and show like the spot of like Danielson isn't like just no selling like he caught eye of the belt and it was like I'm not fucking going down this way um and yeah like there was also a spot where like uh you know they basically fight to double down and then um or no they, they start fighting towards the finish or what was about to be the finish like Jericho hits a code breaker Sent, that sends Danielson into the corner Danielson fires up fires and follows through with a uh, bicycle knee um yeah man just Smash is great. And then at the end, Danielson, after working that arm earlier, um gets out of a gets out of something and and slaps on another um LaBelle lock and then Jericho like I think Jericho's better than anyone I've ever seen, like selling a big tap out. Um he did the big sell and he's you know he's close enough to where you think he could possibly still just, you know, still reach it, but like he just gives up at the end. I I I it was a great match. It was a great match. Another clean job putting someone over right in the middle, Chris Jericho. I thought I thought he doesn't do that. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here, man. <laughs> I did not catch Rampage, but um Neither did I. Yeah, I I was like, no, I'm 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 not. Same. I was work I was working on some music that Having night and I was drive, like, didn't watch it. I was like, I'm okay. I'm gonna, I'm gonna push this down the road. And um, I saw that card, and I was like, Oh, you guys still aren't trying. Okay, um, yeah. I'll get to it when I get to it. Yeah, and then so. I never got to it. It's just taking up space. Two and so, a half yeah, gigs, man. I think. 
yeah, man. I, I don't know about you. I, I think that's all I have. Um, but I, don't uh, know if there's anything I mean, else. last last weekend there was um, not this weekend. The week before there was starting pay per view, but we had the ten year show, so I, I can review that real quick. Well, James, hit the music. Man, man, it's been a long time since I think we've talked about a stardom show uh, outside of pay-per-views, and I think that's just going to have to continue. I think we'll do some wrap-up show similar to when we talked about, like, um, previewing, like, the final night of um, the G1 this year, while I'll recap and talk about my favorite matches, blah, 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 blah. But, um, yeah, uh, this show um, was part pay-per-view, part... Um, Part G or not G one Grand Prix had, G, had Grand Prix matches all throughout the show. Um, first match on the show because um, we haven't talked about any of the New Blood stuff. Uh, the last New Blood because we haven't talked about any Stardom um, on New Blood. Um, uh, guys, I was getting their ass kicked, and then Tomoka and and Inaba from um, JTO. You know, the person that went to the 15 minute draw with Hannon um, a few weeks back uh, for the future belt uh, made the save, and now she is in as a fourth member of officially of God's Eye. So, um, first match on the card is Shuri and Tomoka and Naba versus um, Waka and Mina. And um, I don't know, but like, Obviously, Mina's. I think she's underrated at this point. I think, like, given what she can do, and whatever, like, I think that she is a good wrestler that like could could get more. But, but uh, she was in here with Shuri, and like it, and you know how she giving Shuri can be, and like they had a fun, they had a fun exchange, and then they put Walker in there, and then uh, Walker went out. They sent Walker out there just to you know, obviously get murdered. <laughs> They sent her near Tomoka. Tomoka finished her with a running PK. She comes off the ropes and then stops and then just fucking unloads into someone's chest and pins them uh, while they're seated. Um, I'm giving this match uh, three and a quarter. I thought that Mina was. I thought that Mina and Shuri were really good in it. Um, so they then announce um, their next, you know, big show announcement after they do the first match. Normally, they announce they're doing Stardom Dream Queendom in Sumo Hall again on the same date as uh, last year. On um, December 29th, uh, so the date's finally in place. I uh, I, I think the rumor was that it was going to be December uh, 30th this year, but still December 29th. I think that's a Wednesday. Uh, so then they brought out uh, the finalists for playing the lead in Mayu's auto, um, movie. Yeah. Uh, so s- six people plus two people, you know, you're... Uh, Yuri Kozakai, the female ring announcer in Stardom, and in in Kogo, and they go around the corner and they do all the talking, whatever else, and just basically like say their piece about like, yeah, you know, you know, vote for me or whatever the hell it was, or or I'm in the I'm one of the finalists. What's hey. so funny? So, 
How is Momo Kogo gonna play Mayu with Tiny? Which is older than Mayu? Not just older than Mayu, but like a decade older than Mayu. <laughs> I'm still look. I'm still holding out hope that that Kogo is being these uh, being these test charges because like. <laughs> There's, I have never seen no 37 year old look that young ever. I, it, it boggles the mind. I, I, I saw what you saw. Into uh, look, uh, intellectually, I understand it. Nothing else I understand about it. It's, this 37 don't make no damn sense to me. It just don't. We never talked about it. We've been, we've been joking about it for for a minute now, for like a month. But like, yes, but no, it can't be. <laughs> fucking is, is she gonna play it? like I just want to know what like is it gonna be like there's gonna be a little kid Mayu is it gonna be a teenage Mayu is there gonna be like she would Mayu have to be the adult more... Mayu right I, I, maybe if she wants she would have to be the adult Mayu I, the high school Mayu I don't I don't know like, I mean she's that she looks that young she could play high school Mayu which is even crazier man you said if she was supposedly some, born some in real, what eighty four? Some real Karate Kid vibes here, you know, uh, Ralph Macchio like ability here for for Momokogo. Yeah, uh, but anyway, uh, moving on. Um, you get Cobra Kai get, season five, fucking great, by the way. Okay, I haven't watched any of the Cobra Kai stuff. God, God, ain't no time like the present. They only have half hour episodes. So uh, you pick back up second match, uh, Unagi versus Risa Sarah, and. Risa comes out. She has the big entrance with the, with the slow churn music. And she comes out with like the 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 uh, the let's say I don't know robe. Yeah, robe with like the long train, and she you know she looks like she looks like a big deal in the star and all that kind of stuff. And then out comes Unagi. Unagi normally you know when she normally comes out with a weapon, she comes out with a a sword. This time she came down with a kendo stick, and she cracked uh. She cracked uh, Reese with, one, with, with a Kindle stick before the bell rang, and then like the bell rang, and they're in the outside the ring, and then uh, Unagi cracked her one more time, and then basically, uh, basically, uh, Reese said, "I've had enough of this shit with you." She brought her back in the ring. She beat her ass. She got that Kindle stick. She cracked Unagi one good damn time, and then she beat her ass a little bit more, uh, and then she, by the end of it, like Reese just, just got to the top rope. Rich got to the top rope with uh with Unagi now, and then she jumped off that bitch and landed with a double knee splash and fucking murdered Unagi. I was like, bro, I laughed. <laughs> it looked so, it was so painful. I laughed like, <laughs> like, like I don't care if I break her fucking ribs. I don't care if she, I don't care if she stopped breathing. I'm gonna kill her because she hit me with a, she had the audacity to hit me with a candle stick. I'm gonna kill this woman. And bro, got when to. Risa Risa came left the. After the, she won the match with the, with the double uh, knee stomp or knee drop, whatever you want to call it, double knee drop, she left up the ramp and she got halfway up the ramp, turned around and fucking smiled like evilly, evilly with a shitty. I was like, oh my god, what what a what a diabolical person! This was great. This was great. Like it was, it was a, it was a decent match. I ended up giving it, um, I gave it three flat stars, but just like for a super short match, like. I, I, I get what both of their vibes are. It's plucky underdog. I've had enough of your pluck. I'm going to pluck the feathers off of you. Uh, so, um, then the next match, you end up getting um, Hameka versus so- uh, All Cap Saki. Um, bunch of big boots. Uh, and then Saki, I don't know what 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 came to her. 
She decides to get us on the top rope to hit a move. And Hameka's like, okay, thanks. Uh, stops her at the top, grabs her off the top of the uh, off the top of the turnbuckle, and hits her, her running, diving, power bomb, and finished her. It was like a it was like it was like a catching finisher almost. Like, dummy, why would you do that? And it just want you know hurled her uh, and got the win. I ended up giving that match uh, three and a quarter. A lot of people like it uh, less than me, uh, but I really like the match. I like the finish. Um, so then you just getting to like the the business end of the card. You end up getting Kamatani versus Suzu, and they basically like. The the open the first day sh- match with um what's the first day first weekend match with um Starlight Kid and Kamatani, uh, did you see that match, Rich? Starlight Kid and Kamatani, I believe I did. Cause I can't remember if that was from day one or day two. I know you watched th- day one, but I don't know if you watched day I two. Think, yeah, it, it was a while ago. Okay, either way. <laughs> This match was, we're just going to do moves, baby. Moves. This is RLPW personified. Um, I gave this match four flat stars. I can see, I see other people gave it four and a quarter. They just hit move after move after move after move. Um, and then at the end, um, Suzu ended up beating Reese, uh, not Reese, beating uh, Kamatani with a, with a German suplex, roll, and then rolled over and then cut her with another German suplex and bridged and got the pin. Uh, which sets up obviously a potential white belt uh, title match between those two. Which, given what they did here, and if you give them give them more time, they're only going to have a better match than this. So, um, like Suzu, like obviously her because of the COVID thing from the first weekend caused her to basically have to go like and have match all her matches be in the back end. But like she hasn't missed yet. Um, so yeah, she so um, and I think she just turned twenty this week. Or last week, whatever. Uh, Happy birthday to Suzu Suzuki. Yeah. So then you end up getting Utami versus Azumi, and um, I don't know. I don't know if like it's a challenge from Rossi to say, "Hey, go see if you can go like get four stars in under seven minutes." But they did it last year. This year they came up just a little bit short. They 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 so they failed to get four stars in seven minutes. They only got the three and three quarters in 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 you know. In uh seven minutes, but like this match was great. Um, Azumi is targeting um, Utami's arm. Um, Utami like is holding holding her off. She's, like she's basically being overwhelmed by the, by speed. The only thing that's keeping her afloat is like she can grab her a couple times and throw her around, uh, even with a bad arm. But eventually, while it looks like the tides are turning, and like uh, Utami's about to put a pause on her, Azumi like counters out of a move and hits a Canadian destroyer and it hits Azumi sushi and gets the win. Um, so I think, Look at that. yeah, so, um, about at, at that point, Azumi is top of the red block at 12 points. Uh, she was, uh, uh 12 points. Yeah. She was six and two at the time. I think she's six and three now, or at least last weekend before, as far as all the shows that are up right now. So, um, then that next match of that, you end up getting uh Mayu versus Julia. Mayu and Julia do what Mayu and Julia uh, have done this year. They had another great match. Obviously, this match isn't as good as the match they had um, at the anniversary show uh, this year. Uh, they went 30 minutes on the draw, but um, it's basically it. Tried to have a 15-minute version of this match where, like, uh, I've seen Mayu do this before where, like, they basically start the match with a big move, and then they basically just do a cl- last half of the match that would have been the whole match. Like, uh, that was kind of like what happened with Mayu and Momo from the 2019 Grand Prix where like one of them hit like a suplex or something and it was just on from there. 
this same thing happened. It was a handshake. Julia hits her hits her with a side tail suplex, and it was just on for for that next fifteen minutes. Um, and they were just throwing bombs at each other and hitting crazy shit. And and at the end, um, Julia hits a glorious driver with like five seconds left, makes a cover, and like the bell rings with like a second left, first draw of the tournament. Um, and as a it's a hell of a way to wait that long to use it there. Uh, so the official count for them is. They're in their record. They're one, one, and three against each other. So basically, like do Tommy and and, and Shuri thing. Um, then you get the the two the semifinal semi main event in the main event. Uh, trios titles: Momo Kid and Saki versus Kaguma, Hazuki and Hanan. Matches based off of a red uh blue block match between Hanan and Kid, where like. Kid just kicked uh, Hannah's ass. Um, and also from, I think Kaguma beat Saki earlier in the tournament too. So like, you know, Cheers champion got pinned. We won a trios match. Uh, Smash really good. And then they put Momo in the ring with Azuki and it's fucking on and it's awesome. And then they end up closing it out with, uh, for like, I don't know, what felt like eight minutes or so was like Hannah and, and Kid were like, they just let they just let Hannah kick out of everything, and they made a bunch of saves for her, and they gave her all the shine of like you you could possibly win. And like there was a spot where like there was a kick out that shocked me, and I was like, oh, they're actually gonna fucking win. Nope. But um, they end up isolating, um, end up getting rid of Hazuki, end up getting rid of Kaguma, and end up hitting like a triple like spinebuster type of move or whatever else, and end up finally pinning Hannah. And um, the way it set up, it seemed like. You know they'll come back and they'll they'll probably get those belts eventually. Uh, like they all had new like uh stars all had new gear. You had Hazuki in the blue like the blue belt. You had Guma in the orange like the orange belt, and you had Hannon. Uh, she was wearing a different version, a, a newer uh costume, whatever else. But it was cool. So, um, but I ended up giving that match uh four flat. I think a lot of people like it more than I did. I think more people a lot of people are giving it four and a quarter. Um, and then the main event. Tam and Asapoy versus Mariah and Ami. Uh, Master Arts with Mariah and Tam. Or oh, actually, before we get to that. This was Mariah and Ami's third shot at these titles. Uh, the first one was the draw, I believe. Yeah, the first one was the draw. And then with FWC. And then they had a, another match on pay-per-view. And it went, lo- it went long. But it was, a better than, it was better than the first match. Much better. Like, I thought the first match was just there, but went 30 minutes because it just had to go 30 minutes. Um, and then this match, and then the second match was really good. Second, their second challenge was really good. Ultimately, Mariah got, got uh, beat. Not Mariah, but Ami got beat. And then this match is different champions, but it's their third or challenge in short succession, like in a couple months. Um, and they start off with. With Mariah and Tam in the ring, and Mariah ends up um, getting Tam's arm, uh, and like goes to work on it, and all these sorts of like cool ways, lots of you know hammerlocks, lots of kimuras, lots of um, like countering like countering out of waist locks that are about to be uh, suplexes, and like turning it into a submission attempts or whatever else, and then it eventually led to. Um, a hot tag for Nasapoy 
Um, and that's point, uh, you know, does her thing, gets it, gets it, you know, brings the energy, brings the high pace. Um, and then like you start seeing double team moves from both teams, countering double team moves. And then ultimately at the end, you end up with Tam in there with Ami and like Ami would not go down from the stuff that Tam was throwing at her until like Tam just like starts, you know, just starts using knees and then drops her on her head with a uh, violent screwdriver and gets the win. Um, and like, I thought that the match, like, started with the two best, you know, two biggest stars of each tag team. Um, the tag team spots of, like, uh, between them, like, showing the, like, big versus small, power versus, well, some speed, if you if you just want to count, and that's, like, Tam ain't fast. Uh, I, I thought this was a great story. I thought Tam selling of the arm was, was great, and I thought, like, she was in peril throughout the whole entire match because of how, like, how nasty Mariah can be as a technical worker. I, I thought the match was great. Like, I ended up giving it uh, four stars. I heard Meltzer gave it four stars, too. Um, the way he talked about it, he liked, he liked it. It seemed like he liked it more than four stars when he talked about it, but whatever. Um, but, yeah, I. this is like, this was a B-pay-per-view. This was a B-pay-per-view. And you got... Are they running too many shows, like pay-per-views? On pay-per-view? mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I, I mean, we were calling that from... We were calling that from the jump. Remember when they did like five pay-per-views in what three weeks? Yeah, yeah. Well, because they did they did the the March. Think about it. no, no. I'm sorry, they did three pay-per-views in nine days. That's what it was, some shit like that. Like they did uh, the the two Sumo Hall shows in March, and then they did like the the opening night of Cinderella Tournament the next weekend. Yeah, they're doing too many pay-per-views. Yeah, yeah. They're all. I mean, they're all. They've all been quality, but. There's still too many shows that they're selling as big matches. Um, yeah, like, like are they hitting you for fifty each time, or not? You know, I, the the cause doesn't matter. Or are they hitting like the pay per view audience like will, every time? I think that like there's no. I mean, from from what I can tell, like there's been no downtrend of people like laying off buying them. Uh, mm-hmm. But the thing is, like, um. Regardless of how good these pay-per-views are, because they're still better than anybody month at a monthly clip on pay-per-view, but um, I think that, and, and also you know their deal, they're doing their slick little deal where it's like you don't have to buy the paper, you can just wait four days, right? As as we go on our Twitter and you know tell you like the finishes are going to happen before they actually reach like you know they actually like get out before like if you're watching on pay-per-view. You got because of the, the time difference, or, or sorry, the uh, how internet work out. Like the, the you find out about the finish on you can find out about the finish on um on Twitter before you can find out like just from watching the actual pay per view live. So um yeah, like it's it's something to talk about, uh, but like the shows are super quality. Uh, so for me, it's like I'm I think there's only been one show that I was like, yeah, I probably wish I didn't spend that money on, it. and that was the Starterman Showcase show. That was it. Everything else, I was like, okay, it's worth it. So the next one's coming, right? Uh, the next one is Stardom and Showcase on the twenty fifth. Got it. I think I'm gonna have to watch that. Do you ever watch the first one? I haven't. I I, okay. I should probably check that one out too. I I need some goofiness. Okay, so yeah, so far for from what I can tell, so far you have a Azumi Mayu Ram Kaicho and somebody else can't remember, but they're in a false Kennedy War match. Uh, then you have Tam and Nasupoi and Mina and um, Unagi and um, 
all cap Saki and Akari in a end of summer Cosmic Angels match, which I look, look. What give, is give, a end of summer Cosmic Angels match? Is, what on earth could that be? Look, say it's probably the same thing that like I'm sure it's the same thing as it was like when they did the first match, the first Cosmic Angels match, uh, at the first sh- in the showcase, where it's like you don't know the rules till they come out, right? Hopefully, it'll be more tasteful, a lot more tasteful than that match that I thought was one of the match, first matches of the year. We'll see. Um, so, like, imagine if every faction ever had their own match, like the Four Horsemen match, you know, the Bullet Club match, the NWO match. match. Yes, the BCC uh, match. Yeah. Uh, so the Inner Circle match. What there are other matches on the card. Um, there is. They just announced this, but like you is back. Remember, she was a Grim Reaper on the first you. show. Ooh. Yeah, she was a Grim Reaper on the. She revealed herself to be as the. She was a Grim Reaper on the first Stardom and Showcase match. Yes, she is now back with two other hooded, two other hooded Grim Reapers, and is it, they, is it Bray Wyatt? Who knows? And uh, they will be taking on Shuri Utami and Lady C. Um, now. People have speculated, given you know where you hangs out at or whatever else that is like. It's, it might be like Chihiro Hashimoto and maybe Mika Iwata from Sendai Girls. We'll see. Who knows? Um, and oh, and then there's also a a tag match with like Rin Yamashita and uh, Julia versus uh, Starlight Kid and Roaka. Gee, I wonder who's losing that match. Um, yeah, but yeah, like that that is what they have on tap for um, Stardom and Showcase. And then obviously, uh, um, oh, also uh, because of the COVID stuff, because of COVID stuff, one of the makeup matches on that card will be like Suzu Suzuki, I think, versus like, uh, I don't know who it is against. Maybe not Mariah. It was her night one opponent, right? Kamatani, I think. I think it's Kamatani. Yeah, sign me up. Yeah, on that. so, yeah. No, no, not Kamatani. He already had, uh, shit, what match was it? Uh, I have to look it up now because it's going to bother me if I don't figure it out. Um, where is Make sure you guys yes, are. Please, thank you. Go ahead, Phil. Yep, get your merch. Get your merch. Um, so I'm rocking and keeping a strong style shirt here on the video. Um, also, uh, we let the folks know that we're. Go ahead, James. Starlight Kid. It's Starlight Kid and Suzu is the match. That's right. Yeah. Starlight Kid and Suzu is the match. So, yeah, like that match is going to be killer, but um, we'll see what the other. TN Sooner, yep. I should have seen that earlier. He said that's okay, yep. Okay. Yeah. Um, But we'll we'll see how it is. But then, obviously, you know, November, not November, October 1st is when they do the final. So, like, that is like the A pay per view. The other stuff is like, yeah, you know, get in where you live or whatever else. But, uh, Get how you live, but yeah, I you know um, closing stretch right now. Um, they did a show on they did shows on um, in Osaka Saturday and Sunday, and then today they did a show in I think Nagoya. Um, so like their tape schedule is about to be like sh- it's about to be a mess. Um, whenever they get our upload schedule will be a mess, and then like um, next weekend is a Korokan Hall. Then there's a, another there's a Tokyo Ballroom show, and then you get um, Stardom and Showcase. Um, so hopefully, like those three shows from this weekend will be up before Friday. 
I talked during the preview show. I was like, I don't think they'll get it done, but I hope it does get done. Um, so like, cause Corkin, uh, on the 24th or next weekend coming up, like it's basically like a de facto winner wins the, the, uh, red block between, uh, Utami and, um, Tam. That is basically what it's coming down to. It seems like, like given how many matches Tam still has left, given the layout and like looking at like who facing who it looks like, I think like Hameka closes the door on um, Micah on the final night. Um, like I feel like Saki, you know, closes the door on Azumi on the final night. Mm. Um, yeah, uh, and then like obviously Shuri, Shuri faces uh, Risa. Risa's still in the hunt, so like you can clearly you easily have like Shuri close the door on Risa and be you know because she's already lost because Shuri's already lost four matches. So you can do the whole thing where like obviously champion takes a lot of L's, set up new challengers, goes out strong with a win at the end. Um, so then it leaves like you look at who's left, who could get in. Like it's gonna be Tommy and Tam at the end, and like this match next weekend will be the the biggest match of the block. So, um, so yeah, uh, but it has been a great tournament. We just haven't talked about it. Like tons of four stars. Like yeah, I I I, I haven't looked at it, but like. I think the average match might be as high as like the G1. Like the highs aren't as high, but like the consistency is there. And also like they don't feel the need to like they have to have every match go 15 minutes. Like they're perfectly fine to send people go out there eight minutes, say, hey, throw everything, throw the kitchen sink out in eight minutes. And it's been a blast to watch. Love that. As you saw on the ninth show. Yeah. Yep. Like, dude, there have been Corgan Halls. They've had two Corgan Halls like that that like smoked that nine four show you saw. Two of them. So, yeah. But that's all I got. Yeah, man. Um, so as we uh, mentioned last week, make sure you guys are using the One Nation Radio exclusive feed to download the show. Uh, in addition, uh, if you really like us a lot, to these, if you guys listen on the Social Suplex feed, we appreciate you guys doing that. Uh, but if you want to further support One Nation Radio, uh, find the individual feed. Uh, maybe James can link that in the um, in the notes. Uh, go ahead and find that, uh, that link. Um, yeah, just spread that one nation radio one. We want to get that one, uh, going as well, uh, to a higher level. Um, and we're, we're going to keep like plugging that every week. So (laughs) get, get, get ready, get your tapes ready. But, um, trying to think what else, I I don't know what else, but, uh, yeah, I think that's all I got too. Yeah. I think that's it. Um, thanks for listening y'all be sure to raise on the app you're using to listen to this with, um and um this other uh, show's on network. Uh besides One Nation Radio, you have Keeping a Strong Style, the Ricky and Clyde Wrestling Show, Grumman Watches Shit, The Grave Consequences Podcast, 8 Bit Suplex, All Things Elite, Great Match Generator, Get in the Ring, Need the Press Slam, and AEW Match Guide. Thanks for listening, y'all. Later. Peace.
BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.